Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hi, we're doing it live. We are here with another episode of Hit the Bucket. Hello, everyone out there. My name is Jimmy Navio. I'm not muted. I'm figuring this shit out. It's like I'm a it's like I'm learning or something. Um, just a reminder, before we bring on our guests, this show is recorded live every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio. That's me. Uh, we have some amazing guest night or a amazing guest. Well, I guess you could call my, my trusty co-host. He's kind of amazing as well. Mr. James 28 is with me as usual. And we also have with us a... Childhood friend of mine and world traveler, Mr. David Bond, is joining us. He has a ton of stories to tell. I'm going to bring him on in just a second. But one more reminder, this show does also go out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. It's all over the place. You can go Google Hit the Bucket Podcast and find it. Uh, Check it out. And uh, also, one final reminder, there is a Hit the Bucket podcast. t-shirt out there we have merch you can find it at uh we use design by humans the link is on my twitch channel the link is also in the description of the youtube video go check that out if you want to get yourself a hit the bucket uh, mug or t-shirt or sweater or nighty or you know whatever it is that you uh like to do or wear i'm not gonna judge so oh one more thing hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com is our official email address. If you want to reach out to us about, you know, being a guest or anything like that, uh, if you have suggestions for guests, if you are looking to sponsor the show, anything like that, hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com. I think that's all the important shit. Get that out of the way. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Mr. James 28 and uh, our good friend, James Bond. We're going to have ourselves a little conversation. So you guys can go ahead and unmute yourselves and we'll, uh, We'll get this show started. Oh, there we go. Hello. Hey, how's it Hello going? There. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, yeah, I, I, I meant to warn you about the little intro thing. But uh, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Yes. I'm so happy to be a part of the Twitch channel that I've been subscribed to for... 15 16 months yeah i think i think you're my you're my second oldest twitch subscriber i think the only person who's been subscribed longer than you might be lakill i think jc might be old the he i don't remember who subscribed first either you or lakill one of you guys has the record though and the funny thing is like <laughs> you show up sometimes you're like hey you renew your sub. You renew your sub. You're like, hey, how's it going? And you leave because <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. you're a busy guy. But like, you are, you always want to support me, and I appreciate that. Even though like you can't always stick around, you're like, hey, here's your sub. See you later. Well, because I I'll, I'll see that you're on, and then there's this big glowing button. It says like remind everyone that you subscribe, and I'm like, click. <laughs> <laughs> validate me and you know it's like i I get i get one of those buttons every month so i might as well right you know interrupt Mm -hmm. the entire stream so everyone can shower with be like take the money (laughs) (laughs) gotta show off that massive sub badge (laughs) gotta make it rain it's like being like like uh people compare uh i've heard the comparison made for uh twitch to a, a strip club like so, sometimes someone will just show up and drop like a bunch of gift subs and donations and all this stuff just to like flex, you know, like just to like 
make it rain. <laughs> just be like, look at me. I'm the guy with so all the stuff. What, what is a gift sub? Because I've been gifted subs and I'm like, oh, I don't understand. I'm like, who? Like, what? So gift subs, it, it was something that was recently added to Twitch. Basically, uh, people were saying, hey, you know, I subbed to a channel and I'd like to buy subs for other people. I'd like to be able to gift subscriptions to other people in the channel so that they can get the perks of a subscription, like the emotes and stuff. So Twitch added it as a feature where someone can buy gift subs for other people in that channel. Oh, okay. Rather than doing Very like donations cool. or whatever, because I've been gifted a sub, and I was like, "Do I have to pay for this now?" Like, no, nope. <laughs> it is I'm a, not a. They just force purchase on me. <laughs> it is a your gift. First, your first sub is free, and the rest, it's like that. It's like sites that do that. Well, like, they recently mm -hmm. added a thing where you can choose to renew it. Like, so you know, if someone gifted you a sub and you decide, oh, "Okay, cool, I like this channel. I wanna, I wanna renew it and keep it going." You can do that, but if you don't renew the gift sub, it just runs out after that month. It just asks for it lasts for one month and then it drops off. So it's it's just another okay. it's just another way for people to support a channel and, and flex, you know, and show mm -hmm. their drop some mad stacks. It's like, oh, this person's giving out one hundred gift subs in the chat. <laughs> yeah, that's they added they added bulk gift subs. Which is crazy. So someone can show up in a channel and be like, Oh, I'm just gonna give away 10 subs or 50 subs and they can and it randomly wow. chooses like active members of that channel and just drops the subs all at once and they're five bucks a pop right so if someone comes in and gifts like 50 subs that's they just spent 250 dollars like buying people subs for that channel mm -hmm. it's, it's wow that's yeah, amazing it's it's pretty crazy anyway uh david bond for those who don't know he you can Google David Bond videos, and he'll be the first thing that pops up. He uh, he has a reputation out there on the interwebs because he's he's a world traveler, and uh, he makes a fair amount of his income from telling other people, "Hey, this is what I did, and this is how you can do it." So I I've I've known him for a long time, well before he started doing any of that stuff. I've known him since we worked at an old computer store in our hometown. Like, we all kind of met each other through this, like, it was my first job oh, ever in high school, yeah, yeah. and then other people got hired, and then him and our other friend, Rob, like, kind of became good friends, because at the time, I was still Mormon, and both of them were atheists, but they they enjoy a healthy debate. Like, they, they're, they're down to, if someone's got an opinion on something, and they just like, oh, really? Like, let's talk about it. And they, they, they'll never shy away from, like, a good conversation or a debate. And neither will I. Like, you know, I, I can hold my own. And so, at an early, like, when we first met, you know, they found out I was Mormon and they were atheists. We had a lot of crazy conversations about just, like... Yeah, a lot of them, you, do we ever, we worked together at yeah. a computer store. Yeah, we did. And I... I mean, the good thing about, well, maybe not the good thing. One of the things about working with someone is they can't leave. So they can't <laughs> talk to you. It's like, hey, you know, you like you bring up a topic and it's just like, well, we're all here. We can't leave, you know. But at the same time, you'll end up getting to know people really well, too. 
you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the, the cool thing was is, like, they, they enjoy the debate, but they were always respectful. Like, they would never the, they would never take cheap shots, right? Like, we would go really deep on stuff. We would, like, really hash it out and figure out, be like, well, yeah, but what about this? Well, what about that? You know, and, the, and they're willing to do that without being like, well, God is fucking stupid. You know, like, they would never take the cheap shots or the low blows. It was usually a very healthy, like... Sometimes it would get a little like heated or whatever, but it was always in good spirit and it was always about just like expanding our minds and like becoming better and learning. So I always respected that about you guys. It's like you knew yeah. I was Mormon and you were atheist and you may have disagreed with my beliefs, but you you never like you never shunned me or shit on me for it. You would always just try and encourage me to look at things from a different perspective and I always respected that. Funny story about uh like having crazy debates is a uh... I recently got in touch with someone who I hadn't talked to in over 10 years and on Facebook. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm a pastor now. Oh, and I was like, wow. And he goes, yeah, it's because of you. It's because we debated so much. I got so into it that I ended up meeting other people. Right. So I'm responsible for creating a pastor. But then on the flip side, I know this other guy, he went to college and he said like all these heavy conversations we had, like they marinated for years and then eventually he you know left his beliefs and changed his mind and uh it was it was kind of a like wow like like being that jerk who wanted to talk about religion all the time like it influenced like two people in the opposite directions like one person went hardcore pastor one person went the other way uh but it's it's interesting yeah Yeah. in fact uh at one point you guys were pretty like uh, you guys are pretty active in, in this whole, uh, pursuit. And at one point you guys went to a, didn't you guys meet and like debate Ken, Ken Hoven? Yeah, we went to, uh, for those who don't know, Google biggest... Ken Hoven. If you don't know who he is, get, just Google him. Do that right now. <laughs> we went to, uh, we went to a creationist conference and I remember I was the only person who was not a creationist. And I remember like I had all these people surrounding me and we were all arguing. Oh my God, it was so ridiculous. But I was friends with, I was I was a frequent caller to the Kent Hovind show. And so he knew me and it was, I don't even know. I mean, this is all like, this is like young kid stuff. I, you know, I was really into it. And I also was, you know, a very like liberal left-wing person. And, uh, as time goes, as time went on, I ended up becoming a, a more of a, a conservative person. So it's weird. It's like a lot of the people that I argued against and made fun of, I end up like, I feel like, I feel like I agree with them on certain things now. <laughs> it's weird. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, you're allowed to change your opinion. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's important to remember. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you're that asshole who did X, Y, Z. Yeah. But like, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> like be, yeah, yeah. people change man well, so well rounded person now so let's let's get into you and your history a little bit more david bond i like you so i knew you back when you, we were all fat we all we did was go to land parties and like <laughs> you know like we like our life was basically video games and school was like an afterthought and it was all just like land parties 
and you know pizzas and fucking you know a date occasionally we would date a girl that was willing to hang out with our nerdy asses and yeah but yeah. but but it was all about like we threw massive like we threw land parties regularly like that was our life before yeah the- I, I have a folder on my hard drive uh just called land parties and it's like i think it's like 50 or 55 albums of like each one i made its own album so we like that's a lot you know? yeah so no so i want to point one thing out since you brought it up david bond before social media was ever a thing i don't know anyone who has documented and taken more pictures in his entire life than david bond like every single land party like but not not in a like not in a self-grant like now social media is like they t- people are like look at me but he was doing he does it strictly for documentation purposes he documents everything and i love it because like every time we reconnect he's like hey remember this and i'll pull up these pictures and i'm like holy shit i completely forgot about this like he has documented his entire life you know before before smartphones were a thing he had a digital camera like he everything is saved and backed up and, and like it's it's incredible how much stuff he has been able to accumulate and document and he can pull it up at the you know he's got it so well organized and stuff he's just like hey look at this that happened back in like 19 you're like you know 2001 or whatever like hey remember right before you left for your mission blah 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 this happened and he like pulls up a picture i'm like what the fuck like he he documented my life better than i documented my life and i've like i've always yeah, it's respect- always been a, it's always been a thing of mine i've i've always loved uh, I've always been high, highly nostalgic, and because of that, I love to look back. I mean, even even something I did a few years ago is I bought a scanner and I had my mom like pull out all the photo albums, which we have a lot. We have these big, thick ones, mm-hmm. and we went through and scanned hundreds of photos that were taken in the '80s. And so I have it organized. So if I wanted, I have a little. Fo- I have a little on my Google Photos. I literally can just type in David baby and every single photo of me that was ever taken of me as a child will just pull up, you know, because, because it has facial recognition and stuff. That's crazy. I, I, I have mad respect for that. Cause I, there's parts of my life that I like have completely forgotten because they were, they're not documented in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me go to the restroom very quickly. Sure. I'll be back. Absolutely. I have, I have some seconds. questions for James actually. So, Ooh questions yeah this is about me (laughs) it's all good um so james so jimmy i haven't heard a peep from you this week oh yeah and pretty swamped with the the studies yeah Mm mm-hmm so you said you had a huge presentation to give and you like turned it in you did it the night before and you aced it i i did yeah (laughs) You did I'm, what James does. Uh, I do. I found that I'm very effective at putting together large amounts of work the <laughs> night before. It's it's a mixture of the pressure and the uh, the oncoming deadline that really fo- forces you to get a ton of work done very well. I feel like you need to Alrighty. you need to do a YouTube video on how to procrastinate efficiently. <laughs> I, I need to learn from the master. No, the most efficient way is just don't procrastinate from the beginning. Just plan it out beforehand. Don't let it stay till the the day before. Ah, uh, he's a pro procrastinator. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's a he. I call him the procrastinator. He's he's made it an art form. Mm-hmm. All right, so David, 
All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Those who don't know you from our past, and obviously we can wax nostalgic all all night long about like all that fun stuff, but um, I want to kind of dive into so the internet knows you as David Bond, who has you know done all these things and gone all these places and met all these people and and uh, you know. Let's be honest. A lot of beautiful women. You have a reputation. Obviously, you can go look at your YouTube channel. You're good at what you do. But it started from something, right? There was there was a starting point when this whole thing there was like a there was it ignited from a specific point in your life. There was a turning yeah, point, yeah. right? So, what, could you could you kind of tell us that story of how this whole thing started? Yeah. What was that noise? <laughs> uh, I, I accidentally no, I bumped my arm on my. Uh, the, I bumped the spring on my little thing here. Oh, I thought that was like an effect. Um, yeah, so uh, I've always been really big on documenting my life, as you, as you talked about. Uh, but the 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 kind of turning point or like the point where everything kind of changed was <clears throat> I was in a relationship with a girl uh, for six years that I'm in a MySpace. <laughs> six and, years? Uh, I didn't know it was that long. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. We met on MySpace and uh, I lived with her and um i you know i was a lot fatter uh i had a regular job and all that stuff you know pastimes include playing poker playing xbox normal stuff and um basically uh she wanted to buy a house and when this happened deep down i didn't want to but she pressured me into it and i that was another thing about me that was a lot different is when women pressured me i always said yes in fact i i had relationships with girls i wasn't even attracted to just because they like were so persistent and so like i was just like i just wanted to uh, you know please people i guess right um and so i was like okay she's like yeah this you're you're this age this is what you do when you're this age this is what you do when you're 27 you buy a house this is also by the way right around the the housing boom before the the bubble pop. Oh, right before the uh, crash. Yeah. So of course she's like, everyone's doing it. We should do it. Everybody's so, buying houses these days. So I was working at a computer store or a, a computer. I was working at a hospital and, um, uh, around this time I had got turned on to RSD videos, RSD, which is like this self-development company that focuses on men's dating advice. And it was basically like a pickup artist, like guy. And, you know, you know, we all have our little like weird things that we like to watch. Like some people like like to watch like the Snooky show, even though they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Jersey really Shore. Like, yeah, mm-hmm, like yeah. we all have these weird things that we watch, but we don't we don't like want to admit. And so I I like to watch this guy, and he would talk about picking up girls, and I thought it was interesting. And so that was like in the back of my brain, but I was like, obviously, I, I'm not going to apply this. Um, so we get approved for a loan we get approved for a quarter million dollars okay <laughs> because she had a great credit credit score i had a good credit score uh she, you know i had fifteen thousand dollars saved up she had ten thousand dollars saved up and we're both white i'm kidding uh no. <laughs> so we were like you know, we were like the great we were the perfect candidate they're like yeah the housing boom you guys got money you guys got good credit scores here's a quarter million get yourself a house and so of course Heather was like, yo, we can afford this. And I'm like, ah, like deep down, I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't want to owe a bank. But I always said yes, because she's my girlfriend, you know? Right, right. And um, so long story short is 
eventually I was like, yo, I'm not doing this. Cause like, it was like, you know, the pressure started getting really intense. And so we had a small break, a break turned into a long break. We ended up breaking up and here I was single for the first time since I was like 17 years old. Right. Because I had two girlfriends back to back. The first time ever being single and I was fat and I'm like, what the, you know, what, what is this? So I was like, why don't I try some of that pickup artist crap? And at first I was like, you know, I tried it and it was horrible. It was cringy. It was just like the worst. Um, but I kept going. And every time I tried it, I would go on the internet and be like, Hey guys, I tried this, Did, you know, and <laughs> mm-hmm. people it talk to me. Guys. Yeah. And so, uh, I went, I would go to LA and I would, and, and eventually I met a girl and you know, I had always like Asian chicks, but I always felt bad about it. Cause like all my white girlfriends were like, Oh, you're one of those creepy, creepy men. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was like this. It, it felt like admitting I like Asian girls in public was like admitting I was like gay or something like that's how it felt. And so the first girl that I met through the pickup artist creepy stuff was this like 19 year old half Thai, half Chinese girl that had a bang of body. It was great. And uh, it was like an emotional experience because this was the first time ever I had ever met a girl in real life because all the girlfriends before, which was only two, I met on the Internet. Right. And, you know, keep in mind, I had never, never been to prom. I had never been in a nightclub. I had never been in a bar. So like my world is I'm a computer guy. Here's a computer. Everything outside of that is weird. Right. So for, for me to like walk up on my like physical legs and like say things. And then, you know, 30 days later, I have a naked Asian girl in my bed. It was really traumatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for the, for the first time in my life, I felt like I had a little bit of control because, you know, for a long, you know, I was always kind of just reacting to things like, you know, like girlfriend tells me to do something. Okay. Uh, you know, my mom tells me to go to college. Okay. It's always like, I just felt like I was a sailboat floating mm-hmm. and whichever wind blew me was controlling me. Right. Mm-hmm. It was the first, first time, time I was like, wait a second. Like I like made something happen. And, and so I was like, wait a second, I could do this again. And so I tried to do it again. And then I got obsessed, of course, you know, uh, you understand what you see in your, what you see right now is not the version of me that w- was existing. It was like this very silly person, like this chubby, like my reality was very limited. I had barely even left the state, you know, what right, I mean? I'm 27 right. years old, never been on a plane, never been in a nightclub, never been in a bar, didn't go to prom, never went to a single party. That wasn't a land party and here I was storming up to women. I didn't know and getting them to like me a little bit. It was like super intense. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that was addictive at first when you're like, Oh shit. Like mm-hmm. that dopamine hit. Yeah. Because you know, because the, all the voices in your head telling you that it's not going to work, they start to shut up. Right. It's working. You know what I mean? Right. You know, keep in mind, I, I, I was a decent looking person and you know, I actually was funny. I just, didn't know how to express it. So, you know, fast forward, fast forward. I lost a bunch of weight. I started focusing heavy on poker and pickup at the same time. So I was making money at poker too. And I saved up, uh, like $30,000. And I was talking to my coworker about this and he's like, man, I can't believe you have that much money. 
if I had that money, I would quit my job and do and just travel. Just and travel. I was like, that's crazy. I have a good job. Why would I do that? But then it started to like marinate. I'm like, you know what? This is kind of and 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 then I thought, wait, if I don't have a job, I could pick up girls every single day, <laughs> full time. <laughs> and so. I was because at the time I was leaving to go to LA because Bakersfield has nothing. Bakersfield has pregnant, just just like it's like trying to eat out of the trash. Like, <laughs> hey, come on now, my fiance I mean, might be from there. <laughs> look, there's, there, I'm sure. I mean, keep in mind this is my brain at the time, like you know, 2011 or whatever. So, um, you know, fast forward, fast forward, and I kept having this strong desire to keep going. So at first it was picking up girls, then it was doing this, then it was, you know, pushing myself higher and higher and like doing things that were weirder and weirder and scarier and scarier. Like I even would approach girls that were sitting down with guys at the same time, like I had on video and everything. Like that's like really, I, I wouldn't do that now. It's like psycho, right? But I was like, <laughs> how far could I push the matrix? Like, is this reality, you know? And so I wanted to do something big. I offered, I asked my job for a vacation. They said, no, I asked again. They said, no, they asked again. They said, no, I got mad. And I, I decided, you know, what? I'm going to go skydiving. That's something crazy. I went skydiving and it was so intense. Cause it was my first airplane like experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And the first oh time God. you were ever on an airplane is when you went skydiving. Yes. My what? first time being <laughs> on an airplane. That's down. crazy. So it was really intense. I didn't adrenaline, know that. Yeah, adrenaline pumping through my body and all these marinating things started to like get really loud. Right. Like, and it, it was like, the way I can explain it is like, do you ever listen to cool music or like rap music and you have this version of yourself in your head of like you like, like, yeah, uh. <laughs> like I could yeah, totally like, be singing these lyrics. Yeah, like we all have like a cool version. Like, have you ever seen the the life of Walter Mitty, that that movie? Mm -hmm. I think you know, so. Like, where he like he like daydreams and he well, it's about this guy who's like a total loser and he's never done anything and he has these daydreams or or like a, American Beauty. We've all seen that, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Where the mm -hmm. dad's like has this idea of what's gonna happen and. It was like that. It was like I was dazing off and like I would start crying at work, but it, there was nothing that was making me cry. It was just like so weird. And so I remember like I, I'm high on the adrenaline and I'm like, I have all these thoughts and it was like, it, I, I remember I went to work and I'm like, I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> and like, so, and I recorded it too. I have a little spy cam. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I, I, I just like walk into and keep in mind, I, I went skydiving like on a Friday and then like Monday morning, I'm like quitting. So I walk in, you know, and I, and I was like, Hey guys, what's up? And they're like, Hey, what's up? Want some coffee? I'm like, uh, how do I quit? And they thought I was kidding. <laughs> they go, Oh, you're funny. I'm like, no, really? Like if I wanted to quit, how would I do that? <laughs> I, I don't know like, how to well, go. I've never done it before. Go to HR. Cause I worked there three and a half years, you know, like I, ne mm -hmm. I never even a complaint no not a shred of complaining or, or anything right so then i just go to hr and i said hi i'd like to quit this job they're like what no and then we talk and they're like why do you want to quit and i was like well i wanted to go on vacation but you guys keep saying no and then i thought i could just quit and go <laughs> and then the, then they're like okay so then all of a sudden she starts making phone calls and then the department realizes i wasn't bluffing they go david what are you seriously gonna quit I was like, yeah, 
yeah, I think I'm going to quit. It's like, why? I'm like, well, I want a vacation. And you guys said no. And I realized I could just go if I quit. And they're like, no, no. Freak, the whole department freaked out. The CFO, the, the chief financial officer, calls me in her office. They offer me a raise. They offer me a new computer. And they offer me a month paid vacation if I don't quit. Wow. Because mm-hmm. they, they realize that they can see it, that I'm having a breakdown. You know well, what I mean? They're like, yo, he needs to have his time. Let's get it out of his mm-hmm. system. That's when you were, they- you were doing IT work for them, right? Like you were kind of an important yeah, yeah. role in their company. So if they lost you, like they would have had to scramble to find someone to replace you probably. Yeah. Two whole hospitals had two IT guys and I was doing most of it because the, the guy who was above me, most of it was grunt work. Most of it was like, my computer doesn't turn on. My printer doesn't print. It's like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So long story short, everyone freaks out. They offer me a lot of stuff and I say no. And then I just quit. And then I walk in, I tell my mom, I'm like, Hey mom, I quit. She's like, what? (laughs) And then I started just going on the internet and I was like, well, I don't have a job now. So I had like some random guy invited me to Japan and I said, sure. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, I need a passport. Like all these things started happening. So I go to Japan, went there for two months, did nothing but pick up girls every single day, every single day. Okay. And I had a GoPro and because I like to document my life, I document everything. I had a GoPro on my head, GoPro on my chest, everything, just filming. But I didn't post it on any, I didn't post on YouTube. I just like, just for myself because that's what I like to do. Yeah. You've always done that. Like I said before, you've all, like, since I've known you, you've always documented everything we did just like, and I like, it's just, it's awesome to have all that history. Yeah. And so I was doing this and I mean, I mean, Japan was just insane. Wait, hold on. Can't find it. Uh, I posted my, uh, video to the YouTube. Someone said that they can't find it. Let me make sure the look. The link works just fine. So I don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I started meeting really, these really cute girls. I started meeting, uh, you know, people who are, who travel and, and like, it was awesome. And so then I just started to like post, but I would post it in like little baby, tiny little Facebook groups. And, um, uh, I started posting, 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 and it was, again, this is not on YouTube. This is just for me. And I'd post it like in a little face, kind of like I have a little face group with unit. Yeah. Like 20 people. And so, um, then, um, I started, I made a YouTube channel, uh, but it was just to share long videos. Cause at the time Facebook wouldn't let you post things that were longer than like, if it was over a gig, it would say no. Mm-hmm. So, so I had a YouTube channel and then this is where things started going crazy is someone saw one of my videos on YouTube that was unlisted. It's not public, it's unlisted. They shared it on another form that I didn't know about. And then that started sharing, boom, it got on the front page of worldstarhiphop.com. Which oh, I don't nice. Know you... Yeah, I know, Worldstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I wake up and my video that has seven views has 40,000. And then the next day, 200,000. And then boom, I make the news. I'm on the news in Hong Kong. And if you guys are curious what the video is, uh, just type in guy steals girl from Chinese guy. Guy and, steals um, girl? Is that what you said? Yeah, guy steals girl from China. So basically it was a video where 
my friend was flirting with a girl who also was flirting with another guy. The guy got possessive and started holding her hand. And I thought it was so weird that my friend is hugging a girl who's holding her hands with another guy. And she kisses the guy while holding hands with the other guy. <laughs> and it's super crazy. Right. And people were all interpreting like, what is going on? And then a Hong Kong, they, they don't understand English. They just like, oh, this guy is stealing his girlfriend. So it made the news. And I'm like scared. And all of a sudden I have articles about me. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, of course. I'm like, no, it's not true. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. And they were like, no, you're not. You're a bad person, <laughs> right? You're stealing our Asian women. Yeah, you know, and so, <laughs> you know, long story short, I started to read what they're writing about me and it was so scary. Cause you know, when you, when you don't have attention on you and you suddenly do, it's like, you know, your brain is like, oh my God, everyone knows. And I'm like going outside, like, oh, are they going to know? <clears throat> so eventually it calmed down and I realized, I was like, God, they make me look like a monster. Like the, the things they would write about me was so insane. Like he has a porn site, he's doing this. And I'm like, it's all like fake. And it was like my first introduction to like fake news, basically where they they have a person that can vilify them and they start making things up. I was reading all kinds of things about me that weren't even true. And so when it died down, um, all, yeah, also people in the chat, uh, there's they, they had a petition against me, all kinds of stuff. Wow. And I, there was a Facebook page called Respect Asian Women. It had 10,000 followers and it was just my face. And it was <laughs> like, yeah. And the notoriety um, there. And so uh, then I started doing interviews, okay? And, and this is where it flipped in my mind. Because at first, I'm like, I'm just a guy. I just like to travel. I'm a nice person. Please like me. Please approve. And then I had these long interviews where I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. This is the truth. This is the truth. And they're like, really? Hmm. You know, it's like, I'm thinking it's the news because I live in like normie, normal human brain. Right. I think the news is true, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so then I would read the articles that would come out from the outlets I interviewed. And it was so different than because it was like, what they would do is like, let's say there was like, they would take the 10% of what I said and then focus on that. So for example, they're like, what happened? I'm like, this happened. Is this true? No, this isn't true. Is this true? No, this isn't true. I'm a good guy. Here's the proof. Da, 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 da. And then they'd be like, so we notice in a photo there's KY. Why do you have that? I was like, what? Like KY, like K -K the, the, the lubricant or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they, they would, and, and then yeah, they say, far. many people speculate that you have anal sex. I was like, well, I didn't have anal sex with the girls, but who cares? What are you talking about? And he's like, have you ever had anal sex with an Asian girl? I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, interesting. So then the article would be like, down. David Bond confesses to fucking girls in the ass. And like, it would, the whole article was about how I'm a bad guy and I do girls in the butt. Like, I'm not even kidding. I, ha I, have, I have the documents. Like, I have the photos of the article and everything. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, and so I got so pissed. And I said, you know what? They want a villain. They're going to get a motherfucking villain. So I took all my videos that were private, public. Wow. Keep in mind that I, I traveled for 16 months before I ran out of money. And so I'm, I'm sitting at home, I'm bored, and I'm like 
I'm like, I'm going to give him a villain. So I started talking to the outlets. I was like, yo, you think that video is bad? Oh my God, you should see this one. And they started eating it up. And I was like, you just embraced it. Just fucking yeah. went for it. Yeah. Because it was like, it, it was like, there's a point where you're like, okay, look, obviously I'm not going to win this because it's like, and so, and that's when I was like, well, wait a second. Like, you know, my video got almost 4 million views. What if, cause they were lying and they said I had a, a porn site. And I was like, what if I did, but there was no porn in it? How much, <laughs> how much money could I've made? Cause imagine you're on the news and, and, and all millions of people believe that you are selling something. But the fact is you have no website. Imagine if you had a website and it, they believed it, they might've bought it. And I was like, dude, even if I had like 2% of three, 4 million and it, the, you know, this is when my brain started thinking. Cause I was like, wait, okay. Fake news is, is fake. This, and so I was like, what if I take advantage of this? What it, and so I started fucking with them and I started like, and it worked. It was so easy. And it was just like, here I am. And I, at this time I got a new job. I, I you know, I worked at a regular job mm-hmm. and, and uh, I, I, I launched a website and I told the media Hey guys, I have a site now. And then I would make fake Facebook accounts to message them. Oh my God, he, David put me on his site. I'm so scared. Can you talk about it? And they're like, sure. David Bond launched his website. Speculative porn. Is it true? We don't know. And then boom, thousands of dollars just flooding my account. <laughs> like, like, like seriously, like, like it was all, it was all Chinese guys. And like PayPal has a little thing where it notifies you and I'm scrolling this flick (laughs) thousands of dollars. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like news outlets are, are lying. And then you were taking advantage of it. They Mm -hmm. weren't checking anything. The site had like six videos and it was like me on a motorbike and like me like vlogging. It was like the dumbest shit ever. But I was like, okay, you fucks. You want to lie about me and smear me? At least I'm going to get a little reimbursement check at the end of the goddamn month. And then, of course, you know, all this died down. I didn't, I stopped caring. I, I, I had a regular job again. And, uh, but, you know, the back of my mind, I was like, that was, that was kind of fun. You know, that was cool. My, my current employer has no idea about any of this. Uh, when I say my current, like back then. Mm-hmm. So I had this idea, what if I, what if I actually sold something that's good? What if I actually made a real product? So I made my first thing called the the single man's guide to Japan. And it was a full length guide to getting laid in Japan, which at the time I felt like I, I knew I had something to say about that. Right. And I got lucky because all of a sudden feminists picked it up. They're like, white man teaches other white men how to harass women. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was like all the same things started happening. And it was like, holy shit. And then boom, I made like $13,000 in like like six weeks. And it was like, holy crap. And then, you know, I, I saved up another 30000 And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try this again. So I quit that job. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I remember that one. I remember the second, I, I remember where you were working at. You were working with Eric, I think. Yeah. And so I, I was like, okay, this time I'm going to try to make this work. And so my channel only had 4,000 subscribers at the time. 
And so I said, what if I made another guide? And so I started traveling and I was really, really focused on actually trying to make money this time. Because before I just was doing it for myself. You're just fucking around and then you ended up like falling into it. Yeah. And so then, you know, I go to Thailand, I make the Thailand guide that sells okay. And then, you know, I start to make all these websites and I start to make videos and things start to happen. Things start to grow. And then I'm like, I realize like, holy crap, I'm making enough money to do this. Like this is working. And so, you know, I have all this free time and, and then, you know, my channel starts to grow more and then I start to meet people and, you know, everything snowballs and yeah. So, I mean, that's basically it. It all started with buying a house that I didn't want. And then I like, you know, bailed on that and this, you know, you know, breaking up with Heather, the skydive, like there's all these things that took it, it was like there's like the version of me that I secretly wanted to be, but I was too scared to be. And each little thing started pushing it. And then it got faster and faster. And then, it, you know, it's explosion. And so now, you know, like I have a lot of uh, like, like the personality that I, I embody today is is more expressive, a, a lot less scared, less concerned. Because you understand when you have media attention on you, that's negative your ego gets involved and you're like, no, it's not true. Like, you know, it's scary. Like what? But then when it happened, you know, for what, for the record, I've been on television 45 times. I have a folder called David Bond media. Every (laughs) single, if you just go on YouTube and type in David Bond news, you'll just see like Korea, Taiwan, every single country is just like, David's a bad person. David's a bad person. David's a bad person. Bad, 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 bad. In fact, if you Google David Bond, the first article is, is an article about how I'm wanted by the police. It's like so stupid. It's like just like because that's how these are. That's how these outlets work is they see a villain and they want to serve justice, but they can't hurt you. So they have to like use their platforms to smear you or like say things about you or whatever. And, you know, so I have a super thick skin to that. And um you know so you know now now it's a business i guess you know now it's what i do i guess you know (laughs) yeah you know people in the chat are talking about the change.org petition it's like thousands of people signing to like ban me from places it's it's so stupid it's it doesn't do anything because you you actually have to break the law you know to like and having a gopro and filming yourself is not illegal so right Mm -hmm. it's a really interesting situation yeah, no, I, uh, so uh, there's a couple things I want to touch on there a little bit that people might not know. So number one, you are a almost obsessive cereal saver. Like, I don't think, like, number one, to be able to do what you did, you are so incredibly frugal. Like, I remember we had these ongoing jokes about David because, like, he'd be like, hey, they're doing that deal at Burger King again where you can get 20 nuggets for $3 or whatever. (laughs) Like, what he did, like, he was working a full-time job, but he was able to find a place where rent was super cheap, and he lived, like bare minimum lifestyle and just banked so much money and like he's a testament to saving because like a lot of people don't know that like you know we a lot of us a lot of us enjoy shooting guns like we have a group of friends that like they all own like shotguns and you know rifles and all that stuff and they'll go out in the field nice get in there dude uh we'll go out in the field and uh um 
shoot guns and whatever. And the whole time, like David has admitted, like we've had conversations about this where he's like, every time I pull the trigger, I'm thinking how much that bullet costs. Like he's very super conscious of how much he's spending. He's like, there's $2, there's $2, there's $2, there's $2. And it, it it's kind of what like that obsessive need, like need to save his money and use it on something of value has kind of what's allowed him to do what he does like he's been very frugal and and conscious of his spending and where his money's going because a lot of people spend a lot of money on stupid shit and i've always appreciated that the david bond like in today's time like a lot of people do not have that that value of like hey i can save money up and do something with it so like where did that where did that come from like what what well i've i've always i've always had this philosophy like you know live like a homeless person but play like a king you know what i mean like i I, i'd rather have really cool toys than have really high bills like i don't mind living with sacrifice if it means that i can you know i i feel like honestly it had to do with like back when we would build our own computers for gaming like i always like wish i had the best video card and like you know, like I'd rather have a really good video card and have a shitty car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> stupid. But, but I mean, I, I you know, I, I saved money, you know, my whole life, not even trying, just like I just didn't spend it, you know? And it was only when I started traveling for the first time, I was like, yo, like every dollar I, you know, the more money I save, the longer I don't have to have a job and I can just like travel and like pick up chicks. And, so when you think of that, like, it's all about how you think about it. You know what I mean? It's like the more money, it's like money doesn't represent money. Money represents time more of that I could use or something like that. And um, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess it's just a personality thing. I, I've always hated debt. I don't like commitment. And that kind of connects with debt. I don't want to, I don't like the idea I have to owe. I don't any, if there's a sentence that starts with, I have to, I don't like it. <laughs> I have to. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I don't want to have to anything. Like I want to. Like I like mobility. I like, like I like that I can just like float around and maybe some of these are bad things to be, but that's always been my personality. Like I only moved out of my mom's house because my girlfriend like made me. She was like, "You should." I'm like, "Why?" I'm like, "I save a lot of money." She's like, "No, but you, you know, you should." I'm like, "But who cares?" And she's like, "No." And you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. it's like you know. people your age do this, so you should do it too, rather than like, well, I'm perfectly fine and happy where I'm at right now. Yeah, you know, and and I'll spend money, like I'll spend, you know, but it's on things that, again, it's like, does this make me, you know, is it fun? Is it, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, like, you know, like my laptop is like a two thousand dollar like gaming laptop, right? But like. If I'm going to, but if I were to buy like, you know, uh, like lunch, like I don't want to spend $10, you know what I mean? It's like, because this is fun. It's a toy, you know, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it comes from anywhere, but this is my personality, but it kind of connects with the the lifestyle or whatever, I guess. Yeah. No, that makes Mm. sense. Um, so You talked about like the whole living with your parents thing. I we can get into the whole debate of like cultural differences in general cuz there's so many things that we could touch on there, right? But like number 1 is like 
I have a friend, uh, you know, he's, uh, his family, he's, he's first, I think first or second generation in the United States. His family's from Mexico and it's not uncommon for there to be like three or four generations in the same household. And no one's, no one's saying like, oh, you still live with your parents. Like it's respected. It's like, no, I'm taking care of my family. Like it's, it's a very like Western, like American idea that like living with your parents is like frowned upon or whatever. Like a, a lot of, there's even a lot of Asian cultures where it's like, you don't move out of your parents' house until you get married, you know? So yeah, th- that, yeah. that whole idea mm-hmm. that like, oh, you're a loser cause you live with your parents. It's, it's kind of like, that's a cultural thing and it's kind of silly, right? Like why not? Like there, that if I move out, that bedroom's going to just be empty anyway. Like why don't we work together and, 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 you know, it's yeah, mutually it beneficial, right? You know, like. I feel like I feel like if you are saving money for a purpose, like, you know, living, living with your parents is fine. Yeah, and every culture is different. I, I don't really have any strong thoughts on it. I don't, you know, I understand a lot of people want to move out because they don't like their parents. Like, they don't want to be nagged. Right. They want to have privacy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. there's definitely that motivation. That was a big one yeah, for me. Like, control. living on my own was kind of like, I can do whatever I want. I'm just gonna like get out of the shower and air dry and walk around naked in my apartment for. 30 minutes and then put my clothes on like you know like you can't do that i guess if this you is live. my sacred space <laughs> i pay for it right exactly but but touching on cultural differences a little bit other than like obviously so people a little controversy here right you have a preference for a certain type of woman right like you you've always been attracted to asian women and you've taken a lot of flack for that right and, you know, people say that, oh, you know, you, you a lot of your videos are you in Thailand, you in Japan, all that stuff. And, like, obviously you've been criticized time and time again. They're like, oh, I'd love to see him try and pull that shit off in America, right? Like, I, I that that's one that I've heard even in chat just now. Like, you know, it. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I've always liked Asian girls, but I would say now um, it's extended. <clears throat> I like, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to what I call uh, exaggerated features. So I like when a girl is very short or has really big boobs or a really big butt or really long hair. I like I like girls when they walk in the room, people want to talk shit about them. Like I like that, that for some reason I like that. But uh, you know, I like Hispanic girls. I like, I like hijabs. I like Muslim girls. That, that's a recent thing. What's funny is like, the more I dislike Islam, the hotter Muslim girls seem. It's <laughs> like a weird thing. You know what I mean? Like the more I learn about it, like, dude, when I'm on uh, planes, I all I watch on Netflix is North Korean documentaries, ISIS stuff, uh, like democratic politics. It's all things that I, I'm not a big fan of, but I just like to learn about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, but I- I- anyway, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that the criticism about um uh you know asian women uh what, what was it that well because uh, people say like what you're doing is a people have said that like any white dude any white nerd can just go to thailand or go to asia and it's easy just because you're white or you know even if you're semi-attractive sure, sure. That you can just show up and and girls are gonna be like oh look at this white guy and like and they like yeah, and, so and, they, and they say thing. basically oh if he were to try and do the same thing in America like he wouldn't you know it'd be so yeah, much yeah. harder and he wouldn't so, have as much success and so I, I have a whole article 
addressing this. It's called The Truth About Being a White Guy in Asia. I published it on NetShark. You guys can check it out. Mm-hmm. But um, so this is a common narrative that's uh, is spit out that oh, being a white guy, easy, da, da, da. So the first thing what I would say is that the, the truth is, uh, it is true that dating in other countries is easier, okay? Uh, but what I would say is it's easier for, for everybody. And so in Thailand, for example, um, I recently had a really enlightening experience where I had two fans of my channel reach out to me. One's an Indian guy and one's a Chinese guy. And they're both from LA. So it's, it's like a very almost scientific thing, right? Um, they both go there. We all are on Tinder all, and they're like, dude, this is awesome. These girls are responding to me. I'm getting a lot of matches. And, and all of us were getting like, it's kind of like the tide rises all boats. The truth is that Thailand has a superior dating culture in general. And so the idea that, oh, it's because I'm white, I, I, I don't think, I think that's maybe, maybe 20, 10% true, but I don't think it's as true as people think. The truth is the Indian guy got laid a lot. The Chinese guy got laid a lot. All of us got laid a lot. All of us had a lot of fun. All of us met girls. It, but the, 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 the truth is that this, what, where this comes from is that most of us are friends with people who live near us. Well, most of us come from white countries, like West, Western influence, whatever you want to call it. So the types of people we talk to about this tend to be white. And it's so natural to blame it on, oh, it's because I'm different. But the truth is, if you were Indian or if you were Chinese, you would have a similar story but no one no one says oh dude if you go to thailand and you're chinese oh my god you kill it no one says that it's because we don't we live in our bubble where we only know people of a similar ethnicity right now it is true that being a western person does give you sexual market value because there's a perception that you're from a western country western countries are developed and uh wealthier but here's the thing it's Western. So for example, I have a guy named Loy. He has an English app. He has an accent just like mine. And he says he's from Australia. Well, not just like mine. He, he's from Australia, but he, he has that Western influence, right? So he does have a little bit of a sexiness to him, but it, he's not, he is not uh, white. He's a Chinese guy. Okay. And he gets laid like crazy too. So it's, I, I, I want to kind of like this idea that oh it's because you're white I, I don't I don't I don't I don't believe that I feel like I've spent enough time in a, enough places to know not only that but here's the thing is I've traveled with guys who are white guys and good looking and have fit bodies and all that stuff who can't who who suck they're too shy or they're just weird or whatever so I think it's just a childish thing to say but to address the idea that <clears throat> um, he can't do this in his own country. I have a whole video called David Bond loser can't get laid in his own country. I have a whole video. <laughs> like I, yeah. So I have a whole video. Just type, just type in David Bond, uh, USA, David Bond can't get laid or something like that. And it's like 20 minutes straight of compilations of like video stuff that, cause before I went to, before I traveled, I was running around LA and I filmed the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, I just think it's a cheesy I don't know. I've heard it a million times. And uh, in my mind, it's it's like ancient, like criticism. And I guess I guess still today, people who are a little bit naive and don't know much might say that. But I mean, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, look, okay, the, the, the truth is some dating cultures are better than others in the same way that like being gay is easier in America than it is in Iran or whatever, right? It's easier. Well, because those cultures foster a environment where being gay is more, is easier. So I feel like in America, we're accustomed to a certain dating culture. For example, dating cultures that shun age gaps that are too big. Sure. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm 32. If, if I, if I have a, if I wanted to date a girl that's like 19, a lot of people would perceive that as like weird or like I'm a creepy old man, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could but, be your father. Yeah. But, but, but a lot of places in the world, that's not, that's not seen as weird. Right. Or <clears throat> for example, um, you know, public displays of affection, uh, you know, the, the speed to which you're intimate, like there's all kinds of things that influence dating culture and, and our ideas. So of course we think, oh, it's easier. It's easier. It's, I mean, is it easier? It, it, it's just better. Right? right. And it's easier for all people. And I, I don't know if the answer is a question or not. But. No, that, that does that you're, we're getting there. Like, so I want to know from you, what makes it better? Like what, what is it about? Like, for example, the dating culture in Thailand and how they treat sexuality and sex yeah. and all that so, stuff versus the United States or more Western, like, you know, conservative so there, kind a of culture. Um, so first, you know, there are other, you know, many dating cultures are, are, are better than the United States. You know, the dating culture in Indonesia, dating culture in, in Thailand, obviously the Philippines is obviously a, a good example. But even places, uh, you know, like... Um, like Ukraine, I've heard, uh, places like, uh, I'm trying to think of places that aren't Asian, um, dating cultures in, I mean, e even like dating cultures, even in people would say a small town versus a big city. Uh, okay. people tend to say that small mm -hmm. towns are easier and there's a lot of factors. So the first thing that's really big is in the United States, half of the people are fat and half of the women are fat. So as men, we're attracted to young, fit, like that's what most guys are attracted to. And the fact that the dating pool, half of it is unattractive to most men, the ones who are thin, their thinness doubles in value, okay? So think of it like, imagine if like right now, uh, <clears throat> all of the beef in America, half of it suddenly was rotten. Well, what do you think it's gonna? What do you think it's gonna do to the price of beef? Price, price, price of beef is gonna shoot up. Might go double, right? That's kind of a simple analogy to the sexual dating market in the United States. The fact that half the bitches are fat makes the girls who aren't fat feel like they're hot shit. Okay, and that's why you see these this phenomenon of like these really attractive guys dating these like girls that are just not not anything. Uh, another thing is. A lot of places in the world, prostitution is available and is not stigmatized as much. Okay. So what that does for the sexual marketplace is the you know it's very simple. It's going to be very crude terms I'm using, but a very very simple cartoon explanation of the sexual marketplace is supply and demand. Right? There is a demand for sex. There's a demand for uh, affection. That's that's coming from the men. And then, you know, women have their demands. They demand certain things. They want a guy who's has status, has financial stability, is funny. You know, our looks are there, but they're not really that like, as important. You know what I mean? 
you know, Russell Brand is attractive, not because his face is attractive, it's because he's funny and he's tall and all that. You know what I mean? There's quick witted mm -hmm. and all that. Other yeah. Stuff. So, whereas as women, men are very simple. We want young, we want attractive. Like you could be dumb, you could be, you know, we, we'll forgive a lot of stuff. So the sexual. <laughs> I market, mean, that's a bit of a generalization, mm -hmm. but yeah, it is for, a generalization. But for look. the mo a lot, like yeah, I mean, in general terms, like obviously, there's a reason that movie stars are movie stars, right? There's a certain mm -hmm. like physical aspect to it that is we we can't deny our evolution, right? That that there is yeah, certain yeah. physical attributes that may or may not be more attractive than others, and. It is, yes, there are things beyond a woman's looks that are attractive, but for the simplicity of it, most guys, look, if you see a girl who's homeless on the street begging for money and she's cute, she's got some nice titties, you're not going <laughs> to be like, you know, that lady, her financial stability is in question. I am not interested. You're going to be like, yo, let's pick her up. Let's let's help her out. You know what I mean? I don't know. She might be full of STDs. I don't know. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, so so when you have a country where prostitution is, uh, you know, available and not supply as, and demand, yeah, yeah. What mm -hmm. happens is the the supply of sex is now artificially increased. The price is also pushed down because the guy and again, a guy again. I'm not I'm not a big prostitution guy. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's weird, whatever. But in the United States, if you get arrested for that shit, you're like a sex offender. Like the cost of being busted is like high. So the only girls who do it are nasty. Like the stigma around prostitution in the United States is super high. Well, when you have a country where A, all the women are thin. So now being thin is not a selling point. There's not a girl who's like, my body's hot because all the girls are fat. No, it's like all the girls are hot or all the girls' bodies are good. So now the supply of like, you know, of, of body types is like way more in the man's favor. The supply of sex is like doubled because there's the existence of prostitution, which I'm not condoning. There's all these factors, right? Here, another example, when you're in a country where uh, there's no car ownership, so like in the United States, um, there's- Everyone has a car. You yeah. Know, uh, a car ownership is a big part of your identity. What does he drive? Oh, what does he drive? Oh, that guy drives a 2003, you know, like that's a common like joke, like you watch Sex in the City. Well. In in a country where um, the economics, the economic like development of the country is like lessened, uh, uh, wealth signals have less um, power. I guess I guess so. In, in the United States, all of us, no no girl is going to be impressed by the fact that you make forty thousand dollars in a year or whatever, right? So yeah, oh yeah, you have a two thousand eleven Honda Civic. Like wow, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> but but mm -hmm. so so like the bar is like lifted right so now and also the the wealth the wealth uh cap is super high because we have all the celebrities and shit so the the top one percent like the gap is higher but when you're in a when you're in a country where everyone's a little bit less you know then all of a sudden it's more equalized there's less items to impress so like no no girl asks me what i drive overseas you know what I'm saying? So that's one less thing that a girl needs, like proof. So, you know, here's an example. If you ask a girl in Korea, what do you look for in a guy? She'll say, oh, he has to be rich. He has to do this, this, this. But if you ask a girl in Thailand, she'll be like, I want a good man, good heart. I like honest guy. It's more personality. It's more, 
qualities that are achievable. And would you say this is pretty true? Like, I, I mean, obviously, you have to, you have to make generalizations generalizations to some extent based on your yeah, personal sure. experience. Mm -hmm. But like, has that been pretty much your experience just overall? Like, you made the comparison between you know Korea and Thailand. For the most part, the people that you met in Thailand, male or female, it sounds like they were just more concerned with you as a person than than your that, status. That's right. Another thing, and, and again, this is getting a little bit a little bit more broad beyond dating. Sure. Is countries that are affluent, they tend to have more problems. They have more anxiety. They have more depression. They have more uh, materialistic uh, priority. So, in a place where that is that's considered poor uh there's there's things about the fact that it's less affluent that actually produce better people uh you tend to get more exercise because technology is less affordable you tend to have less screen time you tend to get more vitamin d because you're outside more you tend to do more face-to-face -face interaction like you're you know if you're in thailand most of the thai chicks do you know what they do they go outside and they go outside and they go to a street vendor and they get lunch Everyone's sitting on a street. There's more human. There's no. There's more humanity. There's more face-to-face. Right. -face, vitamin D is hitting skin. You're getting exercise. You're you're being a human being. You know when you're in school, like you know, you know having certain things like a smartphone is is a, a less common. So kids play like they used to, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas in the states, you'll see like I remember I was eating a restaurant and I saw uh, it was a a, a guy I had a baby in a stroller and the baby's crying he's eating he doesn't even look at the baby he gets his ipad and he just drops it in the stroller and the baby just stops crying right mm -hmm. so like that was kind of weird so like in america or in in the west in rich countries we get more screen time less vitamin d less exercise we're less social because we're like think about it you wake up you wake up you sit in your box you drive to your box work you sit in front of your box you do your box work and then you go home and then you try to meet girls on a box and then you go play home play xbox right well every single stage is a signal of wealth i'm driving in a car i'm going to a job that isn't outside i'm on a computer it's like these things are all nice and luxury but as human beings you're actually doing less human things and so you get more anxiety you get more materialistic obsession you're flicking through instagram wow she's in bali wow 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 Whereas when you're poor, you like like uh, my girl Queenie. You know what she used to do when she was young? When she used to play, they used to play in haystacks. <laughs> yeah, she would. She shows me videos. She's like, yeah. When we when we would get bored, we would uh we would play in the hay, and it was like there's a big thing of hay, and it, they're all rolling down it. Look, at the end of the day, that's a more human thing. You're playing with kids. You're face to face. So. In places that are poor, you know, the truth is the people are just better. They'll wave at you and they'll smile. Hello. Whereas like, you know, in rich countries, it's like, do who I know you? you? Who are you? Why are you talking mm -hmm. to me? Mm -hmm. What What do you want? What do you me. want from me? You know what I mean? Right. Whereas like, like I've been in the back of a bus, uh, like, like a little, like small bus. And like, I'll just be looking out the window and then people wave at me. I'm like, Hi. It's like, wow, this is like a cartoon. You know yeah, I mean? there, there's that mm -hmm. element of human interaction. I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, you know, when I would spend the summers with my grandparents up in Idaho, 
And, you know, most of the time we're running around playing with my cousins, we're climbing trees, all that stuff, you know, like pre, like even pre-internet in, in central California, like me and like, you know, 15 of my friends, like 10, 15 of my friends, there was a huge gang of us. We'd all grab our skateboards and we'd ride around town until dinner and we'd go home yeah. and have dinner and, you know, and then we'd, I'd watch a TV show and fall asleep and like the, the, there's definitely something to be said for, uh, you know, I, the more technology has improved and wealth has improved in, in Western cultures, like a perfect example right now, like we're sitting here talking through, right? Like we're talking through a digital platform. I'm sitting in front of a screen. No one here is actually here in person. There, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing their chat messages scroll through here. You're two hour drive from me. James is like halfway across the country. So mm -hmm. we are interacting to some extent, but there's, it's still different, right? Like it's yeah. not, it's not like you said, the, the true human interaction. So there, there's something to be said for I, because I, you know, I spent two years in northeastern Brazil. The only place mm. you could use the internet is if you're sitting in an internet cafe, or at least the, when I went. This is back in like 2002, 2000. I was there for 2002 to 2004. The only way I could like send an email or play a a video game or anything was to go to an internet cafe. And even mm. then, you're surrounded by people in a room. You're still physically interacting with people next to you on a computer. But for the most part, like you said, people are just happy. You know, there's people there living on yeah. dirt floors who have four walls around them and a ceiling. Yeah, and, and so so and and they all go sit out like they they all go sit out front and talk to each other while the sun's setting, and some kids kicking a half flat soccer ball across the street and yelling and screaming and laughing and jumping around with his friends, yeah. and they're happy. This and this connects with dating culture a lot. And the thing is, people they don't see the connection. And I mean, there's there's a lot of other things I could talk about on the topic of dating culture. For example, in the United States, uh, we 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 uh, we glorify certain things and then shun others. So, you mm -hmm. know, traditional patriarchal gender roles. For example, tr try to go on a date with a girl and giving her a flower and watch her cringe and laugh and talk shit about you on on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Well. That's because those gender roles, the gender roles, we have decades of like Disney movies and movies, you know, telling women it's cool to be a man, kick ass. You know, I don't need no man. Oh, you know, all these movies are highlighting this idea like for women to break free from the traditional gender role. Like, you know what? Why do I have to get married? Single girls. Woo! Like I watched a movie on a plane. It was called like How to Be Single. And it was literally just like, promoting women fucking a lot of men and getting wasted like the whole movie was that that's all it was it was like why do i need to get married you know what i'm gonna be single yeehaw la 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 that's being married's dumb i'm not gonna have no kids because that that's like we mock the old way you know like okay here's a, here's a really this is gonna make everyone cringe okay mm -hmm. don't worry I'll, I'll, this ready in Thailand, multiple times I've had girls who really liked me. They wanted to impress me. Do you know how they wanted to impress me? They said, I want to take you to my house and make you dinner. And then they'd make me dinner. And then this has happened on multiple occasions. They want to clip my toenails. Okay. Now, imagine if 
you're on your Tinder date and you're like, you know what I really love in a woman when she makes me dinner, you know, cleans up and clips my toenails. She's just be like, oh, you're a sexist pig and splashing your drink. Oh, how dare you? I'm an independent woman. I don't need no man because they have decades of anti-traditional gender role narrative. Just like, just like decades. <laughs> like, so, so the thing is in, in, a, in a lot of other countries that isn't there. Men are men and women are men, women and women are like, of course, I want to show off that I'm a good woman by cleaning, by, you know, I want to make his bed and make him dinner. And like, there's no inner voice that's saying, stop being a woman. You need to show that you have a penis because it's 2018 and feminism. Da, 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 da. So this also translates in the dating culture too, is that women are like, yeah, I'm a woman and this is, this is me and I want to show off I'm a good, I'm a good woman. But on the, on, the, on the flip side, you also have like, as a man, you're expected to provide a little bit. You're expected to, you know, like a girl is really impressed if you can take care, you know, for example, like help her with something, help her build something or, you know, maybe like pay for, you know, dinner or whatever. But like, see, in, in America, the, the gender roles for men, they, they get to stay the same. Yeah, you guys can op keep open those doors and paying for everything, but our gender roles, we're going to do the opposite because, you know, and so again, yeah, this is like, I think like, honestly, I feel like the, I feel like it's, I, I wish being a moderate in general, I wish that there was somewhere in the middle, right? That's one thing I've always respected about Lady Navio is like from the early on when we first started dating, like she would offer to split the bill, you know, like she would, she, you can't have the yin without the yang, right? Like you can't, you can't want your cake and eat it too, right? Yeah, if yeah. you if you want true mm -hmm. equality, you have to be willing to say, okay, well, like for example, when it comes to work, Lady Navio and I both have full time jobs. We're we're a dual income household because that's the world we live in, right? I work and she works, but we still have other things where we have traditional gender roles. I, uh, I, I fucking hang shit on the walls. I fix shit when it's broken. I step on bugs. You know, I, I let her have the parking spot. I might fill her gas tank for her, but she's the one that for the most part cooks almost all of our meals. And some people might say, oh, you're sexist. No, like we found a balance between like the roles that we're comfortable with and we're both adults and we respect each other enough to say, Hey, I'll do this. You do that. Like it yeah, doesn't, and all that's great. All that's fantastic. But see the fact that in your mind, when you say, and she cooks and you feel like you have to apologize, right? Like, exactly. Not really apologizing, but there's a tiny voice that says like, like if you just went into a room and you were like, I love that my woman cooks, like there's a party that's like, oh, am I in trouble? <laughs> am right. I going to be Can in I trouble? That can I is say that Buzz on Buzzweed writing an article about me right now? The fact that that even is in your mind is a, like a, a shadow of kind of what I'm saying a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not even saying that one way is good or the other. I'm just saying that this influenced dating culture. That, that That's all mm -hmm. I'm saying. Right. That there's different cultural ideals and some of them will obviously lend to being more uh, uh, approachable when it comes to a dating culture. But I, I'll admit, like, not, I feel like I've been on both sides of the fence. And, like, now I'm, like, I'm super sexist, man. I'm, like, <laughs> patriarchy. Woo! Girl, you don't need a job. Just fucking start cooking and cleaning. And I'll, you know, it's, like, it's like offensive. <laughs> but there's a part of me that's, like, you know what, man? 
ain't no shame in that. Like I, I would, I would rather like, like beef up my man roles if it means I get the woman like mm -hmm. the same. Like I don't, I think the patriarch is the patriarchy or whatever that means is, is awesome. I think it's cool. People can call me sexist. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, it comes down to choice. Like you're not forcing this, but yeah, if totally, it happens, totally. you're like, I'm great with it. And it's not a problem. Yeah. 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 I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is just choice and respect. Like if people are cool with it, like why, why is it not okay for me to say, Hey, my wife cooks me dinner every night. Like that statement shouldn't in and of itself be sexist, right? Like if that's what we've established and, and like whether or not that's a traditional role or patriarchy or whatever shouldn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah. I, like that, that's at the end of the day for me, like, I don't know. And, and like, you know, that the thing I posted in the Discord, uh, the same thing applies to we we talk we kind of meshed when we were talking about sexism and then we talked about racism and religion and stuff. The idea that you can't even point that stuff out without feeling guilty in some way, right? Like, for example, that guy was saying, like, you know, he worked at a fast food place and he would have people come in in like full Mideastern attire. And they would order something and he'd be like, oh, by the way, just so you know, that has bacon in it. And they'd be like, oh, thank you for telling me. Like, and I'll order something else because he knew like he kind of profiled them based on the, how they looked and where he lived. Like he knew there was a culture of those types of people. And there was like this mixed response in the comments. It's like, oh, you're a racist and you're profiling them based on their looks or based on traditional whatever. And he's like, well, I mean, when is identifying someone for what like you know most likely like for example when i was in brazil going back to brazil they like you can extreme you like they they have zero problem with like hey you have you met my friend juan yeah he's tall and fat and black and they're like oh yeah yeah i know that guy he lives two streets up and like the fact that he called them fat and black they don't even register that yeah. as offensive it's 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 a descriptor right and it's 100% okay in their culture they even call like there was a dude there who had a nickname who was a uh, uh neguinho which is like little black guy or like Gordon, which is big fat guy. Like they, those are nicknames for people there and no one's offended by it. Like that's just who he is. And it's totally like, Hey, this is like, that's who you are. And that's how we're going to describe you. And he's like, yeah, that's me, whatever. And it, like it, cause they're objectively not being dishonest with themselves. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, like, the, mm -hmm. the phenomenon of hypersensitivity and political correctness and all that, that, that is almost exclusively found in, Western European dominated countries. It's, it's this weird thing. Like, here's an example. Okay. So, um, th there's two examples that I really enjoy. Uh, what's her face? God dang it. Um, uh, one of the pop stars, she did a song called hello kitty. What was it called? Hello kitty. Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne. I think Avril Lavigne did a song called hello kitty. And it's like this over the top Japanese themed, uh, song, right? It's hello kitty, you're so cute. Da, da, da. It's like this, it's a good song, right? Well, in the West, all these articles, Ever Levine mocking Japanese culture, Ever mm -hmm. Levine insensitive, Ever Levine's cultural appropriation. It was all this outrage, right? And then people went to Japan, like actually physically, like in the real country, and showed people the video and says, What do you think about this? Are you offended? 
And they're like, oh, I love this video. And they were like, <laughs> I love this video. It's awesome. I love when people take interest in Japan. It's so awesome. My friends love this song. It was 100% positive. Right. Okay. So here you have people in the West who are they're, they're manufacturing outrage on behalf of a group that when you talk to the group itself, likes it. They're like, yeah, we love it. Why not? So uh, I, again, imagine, imagine if, um, so, you know, okay, you're, you're Paul and what do you guys have? What do we all have in common? Uh, we guys, we, we are, we all use windows, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Imagine if, imagine if, um, you're like, you know, you're, you're going to work, you're doing your thing. And then you read an article, you know, uh, some guy said something and windows users are outraged offending windows users and then you're like i'm not offended and then you don't meet anyone in real life who's offended by this and you're like who are these assholes speaking for me right you Mm. you know what i mean it's like that's how insane it is and like uh, you're talking about like oh uh profiling and all that you know like that is so common most of the world in the West, in these European-dominated countries, we're so goddamn sensitive and hyper, like, careful about it. Did you know that in in Korea, I've actually seen signs on nightclubs that says "No Negroes," like literally, like that's a policy. And I took a picture, and I'm like asking, like, "Oh yeah, they don't like them." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, again, this well, is an extreme example, but like, that's not weird but like here again that's super obscenely ridiculous but like on a so the idea of like offending someone by that kind of thing like the little it's like dude it's so we we are such babies it's of course yeah if the guy looks uh, like he has islamic faith if he looks the part and you guess the bacon why is that offensive like i i I want people to do that to me you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah Look, like, you look, like you I, look like you have a peanut allergy. Like, sh- like this product has peanuts. You sure you want to eat this? Yeah, like, like, oh, yeah, I, like why would I be offended? I, I don't me. care. Like, it's so like. Uh, um, you look Jewish. This costs a lot. Do you still want it? <laughs> I, I, pe- people always ask me about me being Jewish. I, I know. I saw someone in the comments. That's why I wait, made the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Like, why do I, I is it my nose? I don't know. It's the dark hair. Maybe I, I'm not sure. Now we're being re- offensive. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pull those stereotypes right out. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, there's definitely some hypersensitivity and, uh, you know, Mashif Mashif always likes to talk about the fact that like, you know, he calls it um, recreationally offended. Like it, it's it's yeah, on, yeah. it's it's become a pastime almost. And well, you know, there, there's been the there's been the joke made that like we haven't had a good war in a while, so like people don't have something to be like yeah yeah the upset about, right? So like is another symptom of affluence. So like, uh, you know, imagine you're a rich kid in a rich cul-de-sac. You know, something like, oh, my Ferrari has a scratch. That's going to be a big deal to you because you have no other problem, right? right. So hypersensitivity to trivial, non-like t- microscopic things, that is a quality. That's a signal that your life is good. You know what I mean? Because like a, a real problem is I can't drink water mm-hmm. or I'm going to, you know, there's no food or like, oh, you know, the government's oppressing me like. That's what the rest of the world 
so, you know, for us to be like, he's a f- he offended me because he made a logical, inductive, reasoning judgment about me that makes perfect sense. Oh, and by the way, he was accurate. Oh, that's offensive. Like that's a that's a signal of like that you have no other thing to complain about. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, one more bathroom break. Two seconds. No, hey, we're actually uh we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh I, I need to take a break too. It's time. So um Okay, great. All right, uh, we're going to do Chiefs Beef in just a second, but we do have our traditional quick-fire questions. So I'm going to throw a couple of those. Maybe James has a couple of his favorites that he wants to throw at uh, David Bond, and then we will jump into Chiefs Beef after that. So uh, I'm going to bring them on if you guys want to come on. I know uh, (laughs) David was talking during the break, which I appreciate. And it's true. It's true. Following may or may not increase the size and girth of your manhood so uh i'm gonna bring them on here uh i got the questions up these are some traditional questions that we like to ask real quick so uh david bond for those who a a lot of people oh he froze your cam your camera froze oh there you go no you're good you're good uh for those who follow you who are interested in traveling abroad and doing kind of getting started on what you do what are three do's and don'ts for kind of, or if not three, just give us maybe some like, hey, I learned this, don't do that. Like for people starting out, like what lessons can they learn from your experience? Yeah, what are some yeah. things to do and not to do if you're trying to get into this? Number one, have more than one bank and have multiple debit cards because one of the most common things that happens to first time travelers is they go, their bank thinks that they are doing fraud because they're spending money in weird countries, their account gets frozen and then they're, uh, they can't access their money. So if you have multiple banks, multiple cards, that's less likely to, less likely to happen. Second thing is, um, a lot of countries require that you show proof of a flight out of a country. So I always book one way tickets and sometimes the country says, Whoa, one way, when are you going to leave? We want to see proof that you're leaving. Well, there's actually services out there like Best Onward Ticket. You can pay $9 and it will literally buy a ticket in your name that's like refundable. So it's like a fake ticket, basically. And so you can, you pay $9, you just say, my name is, you know, Joe Brown, and it will buy a ticket in your name. And then you can show the immigration officer, see, I'm leaving, but you're really not. (laughs) You can also use that to expedite your passport because they need, they want to see proof of travel. So you just go... You're like, okay, generate me a ticket. That's that, that's another big one. Um, maybe a third tip would be, um, let's see, for traveling. Uh, make sure that your phone is unlocked and get a local SIM card. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm gonna be traveling. Let me call T-Mobile. But then you're paying like, you know, 75 cents a minute and you're it's like crazy, like hundreds of dollars. Where the truth is, a lot of times if your phone is unlocked, you can just take the SIM card out and you just buy a SIM card in that country. You know, like for example, um, you know, you can, you can get a SIM card for like $10, $20. That's unlimited 4G. And uh, it's it's way cheaper just to just- Use know, a local SIM card. Yeah, lose a local SIM card. A lot of people, they, they're like, oh, I got a good deal. I'm paying $180 a month for three- International calls. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing, you know? Um, let me think. Uh, another one might be um, make sure that when you're booking flights, 
not like it's it's best to arrive in a new place during the day and not at nighttime. There's nothing weirder than like arriving in a new country like at 2 a.m. Because then all of a sudden you're like, oh, here's my hotel. Oh, guess what? Check-in is at 3 p.m. You have to sit in the lobby for 14 hours. You know, like those kind of considerations. Uh, people go, oh, it's cheap. It's a cheap ticket. Yeah, but you're arriving like at a weird time. It's actually going to cost you a lot of like headache. So I don't know if those are good or not. But Yeah, no, those are, those are good. What about some don'ts? Like what are some like legit mistakes you've made as a traveler where you show up and you think, oh, I'm going to do this. And then like shit goes wrong or like something like what are some things yeah. you don't want to do when you show up as an American in don't, a foreign country? Don't just do the sightseeing. Don't just Google what to do in Tokyo and just do that because the truth is it, everyone's doing that and you're, you think you're going to have this authentic experience and the truth is you're just going to be, it's going to be you with like 900 Chinese old ladies taking selfies. It's going to be the most <laughs> not interesting experience ever. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, don't just do what the tourist stuff is. Do something. Here's, here's something I like to do. If Ask the taxi driver, hey, where do you buy groceries? Or, hey, where do you live? I'd like to see a neighborhood. You know, that's something. I've, I've actually asked taxi drivers to take me to their house, and they've done it. Like, they, like I've actually gone into their house, like, met their family, like, stuff like that. It's really cool, you know? So don't just do the tourist stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, don't go to don't, – don't think that going to more countries is – more traveling a lot of people are like i went to 10 countries in three days i'm awesome it's like no you gotta realize that you know the first day and the last day of your traveling doesn't count because it's all moving around right so so you know people think like i'm gonna i'm gonna go to all these countries and that means i'm it's better to go slower and be to go slower and do less like go to less places but enjoy the places you're at more take it all in yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, I call it sprint travel. They're like, all right, we're going one day in Portugal, one day in Greece, one day, one day, one day. It's like, dude, don't you realize that if you shave off all the travel time, you're actually not even, you're just like, you're literally just running. You're just like, okay, I'm off the plane. Okay, here I am, uh, picture, uh, uh. You know, it's like people think, oh, more countries equals more travel. But no, it's 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 how long you're there, what you do, quality over quantity. Right. You know, mm-hmm. And then your only memory is, oh, I took a photo of this. Yeah, it's totally it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Nice. Dude, that that's some that's some solid advice. Some of that stuff I wouldn't I like the whole debit thing. I wouldn't even have thought about that. Mm-hmm. I know I know one thing you can do is uh and this happens even in the United States. If I know I'm gonna go to like Las Vegas or I'm gonna go visit my <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go visit my sister in Colorado or, you know, whatever. I'll call my bank before I leave. And I'll, you know, yeah, or I'll, I'll call, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I have a Chase card. I'll call Chase and I'll say, hey, I'm going to Colorado for three days. Uh, I'm going to be doing all kinds of stuff, like, just so you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And they'll mark your account and they'll say, okay, you know, he's going to be spending money in Colorado. And that way you prevent the whole, because a lot of that stuff's automated, right? They have automated systems in place where it's like all of a sudden there's a transaction in Colorado the day after I've got gas in my hometown. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. How, what, like, let's freeze this. And then you got to call them and unlock it. But if you preemptively call your company and say, hey, I'm going to be traveling, I'm going here, here, and here, they'll, they'll program that in so that your shit doesn't get locked when you do that so there, there's stuff my, like my that my favorite thing is I like to call my bank and say you know I want to make a travel notice uh, I'm going to North Korea Pakistan Iran 
and it's all one way. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> James, you got a question? Is there some on yeah. the list you want to? So, you know, you travel a lot. You've been, uh, looks like Korea, Japan, Bali, Taiwan. Wait, Taiwan or Thailand? Those are different countries, but I think you've been to Thailand. Yeah, both of them. All right, so you've been to both. Nice. So out of all those countries, which one do you think you enjoyed the most? Well, you know, I, I do like Thailand the most. Um, I feel like, you know, it's never, it's never cold. Everything's cheap. Uh, the people are great. Uh, everything is convenient. Like, you can walk down the stairs. There's a 7-Eleven. There's an ATM. You want a guest house? Oh, come on in. Furnished apartment, $250 a month. Boom, one day. It's like in other countries, it's like you have to sign the paper. You have to get approval. Da, 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 da. It, like, it, it, there, there's so much, uh, because it is the most visited country, like Thailand is the most visited country in the world. They have an entire economy laid out for you. Are you a temporary person? Guess what? There's everything for you. Um, not only that, but uh, flying there is really cheap. Um, you know, I would say honestly, like, I mean, you know, Indonesia is a good, a good one that I really enjoy. Um, you know, Thailand's there. Um, but uh, it really depends on what you want. So, like, if you want to get the shit scared out of you and, like, transform your perspective on reality, go to India. You know, <laughs> I was going to ask you about India, dude, because I saw your video. That shit was crazy. Yeah, you'll see a you know you'll see a guy that has no legs, and you'll see a guy pass down the street, and then you'll see a cow walking in a restaurant, and you're just like, what is reality? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it depends on what you want and how long you're gonna be. I feel you know, like best country. It's like, you know, if if all you're gonna do is like, you just want to like you know, do like techie nerdy things, and you know maybe Japan might be you know so. But in my personal is definitely going to be Thailand for sure. All right. Last one I got for you. And then we're going to get the Chiefs beef. What is your favorite cuss word? My favorite cuss word in English? Any language. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my favorite cuss word. We ask every guest this. Um, I mean, I, I like. I, I, I don't think there's a lot of them, though. You know, I, I know I like I know you. You don't really cuss a lot, so. Hmm. I mean, I when I when I'm playing video games and I and I die, I always say fucking bullshit, fucking bullshit. Like I just say that all day, you know. Fucking bullshit, but, yeah. But I'll tell you some other words that I, I think are funny. Uh, in the way that you say, like fuck in in Korea is shibal, shibal, and it's really bad. Like it's really offensive. So like if you say it out loud, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> you know. And also, um, the word. in in Thai, uh, big titties is nam yai, nam. nam 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 yeah nam nam yai right. <laughs> well, they have a, a cuss word for penis, but it's like a really dirty word, and it's koi koi. So if you say koi yai, it means like big cock. And <laughs> dude, you will get people slapping you. You just like you're in a Seven Eleven. You're like koyai, and everyone's like, cannot stay. What do you do? <laughs> cannot. You know they'll be like, like it's it's like saying, well, I I can't. It's like saying bad. I don't know how to say it. Like it's it's like saying really offensive things, and like mm-hmm. that I don't want to say because your Twitter your Twitch will get banned forever. But it's like saying really bad words, and right. it's, it's funny because in your head you're like, this isn't this is nothing. Like I'm yai, la la la. But yeah, it's funny. 
Yeah. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. we had a request from the audience. Uh, someone said they we have a question. So is, is there a sound that you either like or don't like, like a specific sound that triggers you, that takes you to a place in time? Like it could be a sound from a video game, okay. like like mega kill or like or like you know something that like when you hear that yeah, sound yeah. like uh, for one example we had a guest who said the sound of a lightsaber takes him straight back to his childhood the first time he saw star wars is there a sound that triggers you in some way so trigger good or bad either like, way mm-hmm. um yeah uh the the quake three sound when you hit somebody the <laughs> i love that noise that's a great noise right um i uh I hate the sound of, you know, ASMR. Oh you know, yeah. Like, I hate mm-hmm. the sound of like a mouth, like doing, like like eating things. Right. Like it's God, just creepy. stop. Um, I weird. hate the French accent. I hate it. <laughs> like it's like so. Hey, what are you doing? What's here? I am from France. I'm just like oh, like they could say anything and I would hate them. They could be like, do you know Dave? You're a handsome man. I'll be like, no, I'm not. Shut up. You know, like <laughs> I just don't like French accents. Right yeah. Um. And uh, you know, you know that you know the boxy girl, like boxy, oh, yeah, boxy, yeah. like that cone and that like fake mannerism. Just like I just like I get chills of cringe. Just like oh. Like, oh no! So that's a big one for me. There's two things in California that drive me crazy. One of them, upspeak. Upspeak mm-hmm. is the way you inflect upward at the end of your sentence, and it's a very California, mostly female yeah, thing, yeah. but dudes do it too, where they talk in in questions, and yeah, everything yeah. they say is talking upward, and you don't even know how much I wanted to talk to her. We deserve this. I love yeah, you. Horrible. Like everything has this upward inflection. I hate it. And the other one is uh, vocal fry. Oh my god! Like we went to the store. Uh, and we uh stopped at the park and we uh that 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 fry (laughs) and the worst is when you combine the two like up speak with vocal fry they talk about it on your mom's house podcast and i like didn't realize i hated it so much until they pointed it out and now i can't unhear it i hear people in california talking also i love the sound of a shotgun cocking like I don't know if you ever shot a real shotgun. Yes, but when I you have. It, you're just like every video game in the history of the universe. You're just like I am this, right? I am yes, cocking this. Shotgun. Yeah, you feel like a badass, dude. Yeah, you, you're you're uh, all over the videos of you guys out in the field shooting shit. Are those are great? Those are some of my favorites. Yeah, I have a video that I've never showed anybody, but it's uh it's me shooting a cow that's already dead, <laughs> and it's. I, I'm with I'm with this Korean girl that I was dating at the time, so it's like it adds this weird element to it. And like I have, and like I, I heard that if you shoot a cow, it explodes because it was like really bloated. So I get a shotgun with the slug, and I go bam, and it doesn't explode. But then like this like stuff starts squish, squishing out of it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's really bad. But sorry, that's your terrible. view count just went down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the good shit, dude. All right. It is time. We have procrastinated long enough. People, there. we have certain, uh, I, there's certain members of our community that wait for this moment. Chief's Beef is something we do every week on our podcast. Uh, the beef is about to happen. So if you've, if you've got that downloaded, if you've got it ready, none of us have watched this yet. 
we're all going to watch Chiefs Beef. For those who are new here, if you're here, if you're a fan of David Bond and you're here for the first time, what we do is our friend Mashif, twitch.tv forward slash Mashif, he's in chat. He's an awesome dude. He's a friend of mine. Uh, he's from my hometown. He sold me my car. That's my. That's his claim to fame. He sold me my car. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he is an angry old man, and I always call him an angry old man. He gets mad because he's younger than me. But he's an angry old man who gets angry about silly things. So he gives us two topics to debate, and which one is the bigger beef. So we're going to watch this video. We're all going to watch it together, and we're going to decide between the two topics that he gives us which one is the bigger beef. So do you guys have that okay. up? You guys ready yeah, to yeah, hit do, play? Yeah. All right. So on the on I do one, two, three, go, and we'll all hit play at the same time. Let me switch over to my media view here. Okay, great. All right. So um so on go. You guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, go. Welcome everybody to another episode of Chiefs Beef. Welcome everyone to the ring. I'm your host, Mashif, bringing you this week's hot and spicy beefs now if you're new to the ring what we do here is we're going to put two beefs head to head and figure out which of the two is the beefiest we're going to get some input from the chat jimmy james and our gracious host mr bond and figure out which of the two is the beefiest let's get to our first beef d w i c driving while in california welcome to the golden (laughs) state the state with the absolute worst drivers in the history of the world This is a group of people that can't handle turning left. This is a group of people that when you put them in front of a roundabout, look the fuck out. If you have a way to get around going through a roundabout, take it. Because this this place, we can't figure it out. Today, I was almost an hour late getting home because someone hit a get bus. A big yellow and blue bus. They rear-ended the fucking thing. What do you (laughs) think they were doing? Oh, shit. On their phone. Bam. There's your car accident. This town that I'm living in now in Central California, has more DWIs, which is driving while under the influence, more red light camera tickets, more speeding tickets, uninsured motorists, and unlicensed motorists than any place I've ever seen in my entire life. This place is an absolute dumpster when it comes to getting in the car. Do not drive in this town if you can fucking avoid it. And when I say this town, I mean all of California. <laughs> Californians, you need to learn how to drive. You spend all day in the car. Figure it the fuck out. First beef is DWIC. Second beef is the joke police. Now, oh. comedians mm. are supposed to make jokes. Good or bad, funny or not, a joke is subjective, and it's not personal. Okay, it's, biz- it's business. It's ha-ha business. Let's have a goof, a gaff, and a laugh. Recently, Mr. Pete Davidson made a joke about Dan Crenshaw, who just happens to be a Vietnam, not a Vietnam vet, but a veteran, and he lost his eyes wearing an eye patch because he served our country. Now, let's just listen to the joke. To give some context, it was during Weekend Update, and they were talking about candidates that are running for Congress. As we said, the midterm elections are next week. Here with his first impression. He starts with some some self deprecating humor. Right? Okay to make fun of yourself. But I've cut out most of the most so of the. So the midterm elections are obviously a huge deal, mm-hmm. uh, and after I had to move back in my mom, I started paying attention to them. Uh, she's loving it. Uh, uh, 
so here's this the guy's kind of cool. Uh, Dan Crenshaw. Uh, oh, come on, man. Yo, hold on. Uh, you may be surprised to hear he's a congressional candidate from Texas and not a hitman in a porno movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know he lost his eye in, in war or whatever. <laughs> That's it. That's the joke. Hold on. I think I see something. Stop what you're doing. The joke police are here. Oh, no. We disagree with something you said. Even though it was a joke, we've taken offense. The joke police are everywhere, and they're calling for people's heads over fucking nothing. This was a a joke. It was a simple joke. And you know what? Dan Crenshaw, he ate it up, and he used it to his advantage, and he actually won his election. So this joke actually really helped him. Then everyone was so pissed off, all the pundits and the... The fucking CNN and all the other news stations, they all got so upset over this joke, this fake outrage. Nobody lost sleep. Nobody was hurt. It couldn't possibly be the worst thing that's ever happened to Mr. Crenshaw, right? That they made him apologize. And then they even brought Dan Crenshaw on to tell jokes about Pete Davidson to kind of get back at him and get even. No, he's in on the fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. All these people pretending like they're upset on your Facebook feed, on Twitter, in YouTube comments. Fuck all of you. You're not actually upset. Upset. You don't care. It doesn't matter to you. It's just something to, to throw at other people and to get under their skin so you can take a piece of their day. Listen, it's a goddamn joke. Even if it's not funny, even if you don't agree with it, just move on, okay? It wasn't personal. He wasn't attacking him just because he was a Change veteran. The channel. He was just making <laughs> a joke about a bunch of candidates that looked funny. And yeah... Someone with an eye patch, regardless of if they're a veteran or not, looks kind of funny because they look different, and different is funny. So, second beef of the week is the joke police. All right. Now's the time where you guys have your chance to put some input in. After the break, I'm going to tell you which of the two is the beefiest. But first, chat, James, Jimmy, Mr. David Bond, I want to hear which of the two is the beefiest beef of the week. All right. Well, pause it. Mm-hmm. I'm at I'm at five minutes and thirty seconds. I'm at five thirty one. Yeah. All yep, right. Exactly. Nice. What do you think? So, what is what does it mean to be the beefiest? That so that, like, the which one do you think is the bigger issue? So, do you think driving in uh, driving while in California, like, and how shitty and oh, okay. terrible California drivers are, or the joke police, like which which of those two topics do you think has more weight, has more uh, influence, has more like which one are you more upset about? Well, um, I, I think the driving for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I've been in multiple car accidents myself. Um, uh, the the joke police thing, um, I I actually agree completely. Like, I even made a post about this on my Facebook that uh, I thought it was silly because like. Right now in politics, the political left, like the you know the Democrat, whatever you want to call it, they're the ones who are have been the joke police, the censorship people lately. And so for the conservatives to like jump on and be, and say like, oh, that's rude, you can't criticize a veteran. I thought I thought that was totally silly. It's like, dude, once in my my opinion, once you start to criticize comedy, like you, there's no, you just look like a dork, right? Like you. You're, take, mm-hmm. you're taking something that's meant to be a joke and you're trying to make it not a joke. 
It's the same thing with people who like, they try to take lyrics of songs. They're like, you know, did you know Eminem said this? It's like, yeah, but the, the verse before that, he said like, I put a balloon in an alien's butt and it floated to Mars. Like it's not, it's lyrics, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't right. Dig that deep. Yeah. Like of, of course, when you write it on a piece of paper, if, if you try to make something that's not serious, serious, of course it's going to be. I never so meant I would, to I give you mushrooms, girl. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, yeah, exactly. So I would say that the, the, the car stuff, the, that's way more that kills people, you know, like, of course, how could it not be? Yeah. No, the, the joke stuff. I agree. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, James? Yeah, I, I agree as well. Like when it comes to jokes, like I remember one of my favorite comedians, Dave Chappelle, he had a whole skit on one of his Netflix specials because a lot of people had a, a gripe with the jokes he made about transsexuals. And he was like, so we did another whole bit on it about how like, well, I didn't mean to be offensive, this and that, and then made even more jokes about it because he understood like, well, yeah, you can criticize me as a person, but at the end of the day, the jokes are just jokes. Like, I don't mean harm with them and they're not meant to be taken in a hurtful way. They're just to be enjoyed. And right. then if you looked at it, a lot of them were actually, I laughed. Does that make me a bad person? No, because the intent is to make people laugh. But then driving while in California, even in Vermont, I still hear things about Californian drivers. The California rolling stop when it rains in California, no one knows how to drive. So I think Mashif would definitely think it has to do with the, the jokes, but just the bigger beef for me would probably be DWIC, driving while in California. You know, I was talking about offensive jokes. And I thought, <laughs> oh no, is that a Hitler you know, mask? I really thought this, you can't make offensive jokes because they're not, you know, like it could offend somebody. <laughs> like imagine if this is what you eat. Like what, is that offensive? I don't know. So I think I'm just going to wear this for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I can't, I can't really see myself, but... I, <laughs> yeah. I saw your video where you were wearing that. A lot, a lot of people were upset about it. Um, this, this video might not stay up on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, the jump police. They're, they're right in front of me right now. So, driving while in California affects Californians. But the whole joke police thing, I think it's it's the reason I might go with the joke police one is because it's so much more wider reaching. Like it, it goes to the whole conversation we were talking about, about being recreationally offended about like there's countries who are actually passing policies and laws about like, oh, I'm offended. And I like, you know, like it, it's gotten to the point where it's. It's not like if you were to look at the bigger picture of the joke police thing, like it goes beyond just jokes, right? It goes beyond saying anything offensive. Like the joke police is kind of a smaller signal of a bigger problem, right? Like assuming others intentions and, and I'm offended. So you can't say that. And I think that's really dangerous, right? Like on a larger scale. 
So whereas the whole driving in California thing, yeah, it affects me directly because I drive in California. I like, I used to have a motorcycle and eventually I was like, fuck this. Like I I sold it because I was like, it's not me that's driving dangerously. It's no one else paying attention. Like that's a real issue. California drivers are just bad, especially in the Central Valley. I feel like LA drivers are aggressive, but they're actually better drivers because they deal with that shit day to day. But well, so I, I guess if, if you're saying like this, this individual case uh, may not be important, but if you're talking about the joke police in general, oh, of course, come on. Of course, that's probably a bigger issue because I mean, like right now, uh, you know, the, I, I feel like the joke police is funny, but like the concept of censorship, censors, censoring offensive speech in general, that's a huge, that's a huge threat to uh, you know, freedom of speech is a huge threat to civilization. I mean, one of the things that makes America special that's actually genuinely like unique is our first amendment. Like even in, you know, like I, I went to Germany with, with this Hitler mask and people told me like, dude, if you literally go outside and wear that, you could actually get in trouble. And it's like, you know, the first amendment in the United States is a very special and precious thing. And it makes us unique. And, uh, the fact that there are people who are actually advocating hate speech laws, you know, like that's really scary. And I think all of us would totally be against that. We should all, you know, that's what makes America really cool is that we have things that makes us special, like the first amendment. You know what I mean? You know, I, I mean like, here's an example. Do you guys know about the Nazi pug? The Nazi pug? Oh, yeah. 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 Didn't, didn't that, that dude got thing. in like serious legal trouble because yeah, that's, he, that's called the joke police literally police like the literal joke police actually came and he went to court and everything you know and like that's insane like that's so crazy like that's like but at the same time you need to be you know we should people should be allowed to have uh crazy offensive opinions and and all that too um so you know maybe like snl joke police like that's that's funny but if you're comparing Freedom of speech under attack by, you know, censorship versus, you know, car wrecks. And yeah, I think I would probably go with Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's how I interpreted it. He used the example of SNL, but I think if you're saying joke police in a broader sense of like, because like, it's, for example, I listen to a lot of, you know, occasionally I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Everyone here knows that I'm a huge fan of your mom's house podcast with Tom Segura and, and Christina Pajinski. Uh, many of them have expressed like back in the day, colleges used to be a they used to cultivate these uh, these ideas of like freedom of speech and like open-mindedness and like like embracing multiple viewpoints but recently it's become a situation where a lot of colleges many many stand-up comedians have said i will never do a college again i think jerry seinfeld uh you know i said joe rogan tom segura yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you know Mm -hmm. dave Chappelle. a lot of them are like i won't even go on a college campus like i won't i i don't i don't hit the college circuit anymore because now it's like become the opposite where they go to a college campus and they say something even slightly offended if they even say the word black people are like i'm offended and they have to like fight they get like they get ostracized and like pushed out of campus because the idea of like 
saying a joke that might toe the line that might offend somebody all of a sudden it's like you can't do that and so mm-hmm. like i think that that's a real issue and so like if i'm to say joke police in the broader sense i'm definitely going to probably side with that one as much as california drivers are terrible uh okay well let, let's let's uh let's talk about it though because I, I when i had my hitler mask you said that you may not put on youtube now no i said <laughs> no. it may i say the i said the video might not stay up on twitch because someone might report it and i'm and i might uh, I'm, and I, not because I, I no not because i would take it down like i think like whatever fucking i you know i've played wolfenstein there's swastikas all over that yeah, shit yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know me like i i used to be mormon and even when i was mormon i i could take things with a grain of salt I can still laugh at offensive shit. I can still be like, Haha, I don't agree with that, but it's still funny. Like, that's the difference, right? The difference is yeah, when you course, start yeah. to patrol other people for what they're doing. And that and that's what I was saying, right? Like, is that like I wouldn't take the video down. I don't care. Like, be offended. But Twitch might be like, oh, a Hitler mask? No, that's inappropriate. You got reported by two people. We gotta take the video down. Yeah, yeah. I understand. You know, that's that's a different scenario, right? Mm-hmm. That that's yeah, what so I was saying. Well, uh, it, it, technically you could just say it's a Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, you can really, you can say, oh, we're doing this because we want to stop, you know, like blatant like racism and like people really spouting off like super hateful rhetoric. But then that's a very short leap to being like, oh, well, now you better not uh, make any jokes about a person in a position of power. Otherwise, you're going to hear some knocks at your door at 3 a.m. Like it's that short leap as like, well, if you start doing this, that's that's how short it has to go to before you start policing other things that don't need to be policed. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. Said, that's protected by our first amendment. Well, fortunately the best, um, you know, the best response to bad speech is more speech, you know? So like uh, when, you know, when, when people are trying to censor and all this stuff, you get a backlash and like a conversation like this, is the solution in a way you know what i mean like more more speech is the solution to bad speech so like you know there's a there's a like a like the debate like should uh you know should the kkk you know be allowed to uh have a rally and i would say yes but i i think it's because you it's important to see bad ideas so you have something to contrast them with. It's the same reason that like vegans or vegetarians go to the PETA Facebook page. They want to show you animal cruelty, right? Well, why do they want you to? Because when you see it, it brings it to life. Because anyone can be like, you know, there's animal cruelty. But then when you see it, so in a way like, you know, PETA shows you what they don't want to exist. They like, this is bad. You want to see it? And I feel like the same principle, it could be applied to defending, you know, free speech in a way, because, you know, for example, like ISIS beheading videos, like I've seen every beheading video on ISIS ever made. <laughs> I really have. But I think, I think everyone should see ISIS beheading video. And I say that not being silly. I, I say that in all seriousness, because I feel like we like to, grasp the evil that's behind this you have to see it in the same way that the the vegetarian people they want you to see the animal cruelty you know what i mean and i feel like as someone who thinks 
who believes in freedom and, you know, uh, human rights and personal liberty and all that stuff. I want you to see the KKK guy. I want you to see the black Israelites in LA. Have you guys ever seen these guys, the black Israelites? I haven't. No, they, 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 they attend occasionally protest in LA the bunch of black dudes that dress like Moses <laughs> and like, they have all these crazy signs are like genocide against whites. It's slavery of whites. It's coming. We're going to get power. And, and like when you walk by, they'll scream at you and it's crazy, but it's like, Whoa, you know, but like they should be, you know, I mean, I, that, just cause I, you don't agree with it. Doesn't mean they should be, they shouldn't be allowed to say it basically. Yeah. And I, I, I look at the end of the day, like, like there was a time when people were burned alive and arrested for saying the earth was flat or was, was round. You know what I mean? Now the earth is flat. We all know that, but or that the earth yeah, wasn't the, or, or that the earth wasn't the center of the universe. Yeah. There was a time when that was hate speech. Right. Dude, how, how dare you question the Bible or whatever, whatever their argument was. And you know, the, the truth, the truth is, some of the hate speech, some of the speech we all call hate speech might have some truth in it. And if we don't allow it, then we'll never get those little grains. Hey, there we go. Dude, that's all right. Can you guys hear me? That's the first time in the history of Hit the Bucket podcast that the whole entire thing just froze all at once. It might be time to upgrade my potato. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that that's, that's, never, that's never happened before. We've done 24 episodes and this is the first time we've I might like I my computer never freezes everything stopped working. I had to restart my whole computer. Luckily I have a solid state drive so it was a quick reboot and we're back but uh sorry All guys. Right, nice. That was crazy. All right, we're 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 live. Welcome. Where were we? We were talking about uh the joke police. So I yeah. <laughs> right before uh twitch so i just like to watch myself computer. like the little delay it's fun yeah we got <laughs> we got pooped on by the twitch police dude <laughs> and sorry we're oh no we're good all right yeah we're we're solid all right so i personally am going with the joke police as much as california drivers piss me off because i live in california i think if we're to take a step back and say which one's a bigger more impactful issue i would personally say the joke police what do you guys think? I'd have to agree wholeheartedly. Welcome, everybody, that. to another episode. discussion. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sold on that, too. I, I think I, I, if the joke police is defined as, like, the uh, speech police as well, like, in general, you know what I mean? Okay, like, you, you guys said you were at 531, right? Ish? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I'm ready to unpause it whenever. All yeah, right. I'm good to go. Cool. So let's uh, on on go. Let me switch over to my media view here. Get this out of the way. Man, that's so crazy. I recovered pretty quick. Did I do okay? <laughs> yeah, you're pretty fast. It was a quick recovery. All right. So we'll do it on go in one, two, three, go. And we're back. Let's see which of the two is the beefiest. I think this one was pretty obvious. The joke police. (laughs) Now, there's just too much fake outrage in this world 
going around. And you know what is super frustrating is that the people that were most upset about this, the people that were most vocal about this are the older generation. The people that would say, hey, sticks and stones may break my bones, or they're always bitching about millennials and the SJWs. Don't get me started on them. They're a problem, too. They're a beef. They're coming up, okay? But the older people, the one that are supposed to be thicker skinned and tell people, just get over it. It's not that big a deal. You're the ones that are acting like you're upset. You're the ones that are the loudest about this outrage and how this joke is tasteless and it's wrong and you shouldn't be able to make fun of people. Hold on. I thought you guys didn't want us to all get our panties in a bunch, okay? So older people, you're a fucking problem with this, okay? Younger people, I got your number two. But... These were the people that were most vocal this week. And that's why this is the biggest beef of the week. Nice. Mm-hmm. We did okay. it. We got it right. We did it. That was good. That was a good discussion until my internet, or not even my internet, my computer, literally my entire computer just pooped on me. I thought it was my net at first because I was like, oh crap, they both stopped uh, moving. And then the. Do you ever have viewers go in the Discord and like ask questions and stuff? Is that ever. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, in my Discord channel, people will join and, and, and say stuff. But for the most part, it's, it, it's usually the Twitch chat. We kind of interact with the Twitch chat. And, um, but I we've set. With the podcast, we set an expectation early on that like. We don't we don't interact with chat as much on Wednesday nights during the podcast because it's really about the discussion between the between us. Occasionally yeah, yeah, I might yeah. pick a comment out, but it doesn't make sense in context when this goes to- up. Totally, totally. Yeah. You know, if someone's listening to us on iTunes, they don't know who that bishop girl is or or you know, Mashif. Like well, they know who Mashif is because he does the beef. But like if I'm if I'm talking to chat Totally that, understand. That yeah, doesn't yeah. translate to a podcast very well. So uh, it's 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 rare that we like interact with chat as much during the podcast episodes on Wednesday nights. But dude, I feel like you gave us so much good information. It really was, yeah. Great. So, Thanks. Appreciate that. So now that you're back in the US, I remember when you when you got when you recently got back and you were like, I don't know why, but it feels so good to be home. Like it feels so good to be back in the US and like, you know, blah blah blah. Can you kind of explain that cuz you kind of said as you've gotten a little bit older that your value system has started to shift a little bit and like when you came home this time, I felt like there was more like, oh, it feels so good to be home. Like can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, I was gone for four months this time, and uh, I feel like, you know, the last, I don't know, uh, this last trip, it was really fast, really expensive, and, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure if this, this has much to do with me getting older, but it's like there's, you know, when you go home, it's like everything's familiar, there's no, like, I don't have to decide anything, there's no decisions, it's like just familiarity you know everything works i can do amazon packages again i have fast internet i can you know like all the little things uh become big <laughs> you know you know what i'm saying and it's like oh like uh, it's it's kind of like coming home from like work you kick your shoes off kind of thing you know 
And I feel like the longer the trip, the more you appreciate that kind of thing. But in regards to getting older, what I would say, uh, I mean, like I value like the quality of my time more as I get older. Sure. So like, you know, I, I'm willing to spend more money for convenience, uh, you know, things like better sleep or um, that kind of thing. Like before I'd be like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll lay on the, I don't mind laying on the floor, the concrete floor of like the Greyhound lobby for six hours because it's going to save me $60 or, you know what I mean? Whereas, uh, you know, I'm like, dude, I just, I don't, I'm not doing that, you know? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, or things like, uh, you know, quality of sleep is something that I've come to really appreciate. Uh, you know, like <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but taking a shower every single day. <laughs> Cause you like when you're young and you play video games, it's like, you're like, what's a shower? Fuck that. Wow. You know, but like that feeling of like cleanliness, like little stupid things, um, you know, you're fresh out of the shower. Yeah. Like, warm like from the hot water or like what, I, you know, what I want, what I eat I, when I eat, when I decide what to eat, I, I don't think, what do I want to eat? I think, how do I want to feel? So like, I know when I eat that Krispy Kreme donut, I know how I'm going to feel after I eat it. Do I want to feel like that right now? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, like that kind of thing. Like, do I want to feel this way right now? You know, or like, you know, even like, you know, okay, there's a good chance I'm going to have sex. Do I really want to have a bunch of Indian food? Because <laughs> I know that it's going to be a curry earthquake. You You're know what I mean? You're going to be blasting yeah, ass for two days. Hour, yep. Yeah. Whereas before I'd be like, I'm hungry. I like Indian food. That's all my decision. You know? So it's like, stuff like that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh but no it feels good you know i you know miss my family and friends and uh you know you know this i'm parked in this chair doing internet -y stuff and business is is good so i don't i don't care if i you know don't you know work hard and you know all that it's it's nice i guess yeah so are you uh you're, you you said you're going to be sticking around for a bit, right? I'm sure at some point we'll touch base and hang out, but uh are you going to are you trying to so have you gotten to a point <laughs> I I'm trying to ask this question, have you gotten to a point with your residual income and your online stuff that you don't have to cuz the last, you know, every once in a while when you come back to town you're like, "Oh, I'll get a job or I'll do this or whatever." Oh, no, no, no. Dude, I'm totally good now. I I'm doing over 10,000 a month. Like like this year, 2018, I broke 100,000. And where does like, most of that come from? All all of it comes from my well, I would say like 80% uh is from my websites. So I have the vault, which is a, a subscription. Oh, so it's, 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 it's yeah. like, it's like my the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Patreon. You know how there's Patreon. I made my own Patreon. Cause I know if I was on Patreon, I get banned in two seconds. All it takes some fat feminist be like, eh, I'm offended. And then I did I get knocked off. So I decided to make my own Patreon, which is like you pay monthly, you get access to private Facebook groups, uh, private discord server. Um, you also get, uh, almost all of my YouTube videos have an extended version. I have bonus clips. I have, you know, videos that like they're good enough, but they're not good enough for YouTube. You know, like I have like videos where like I get rejected or like really awkward things that are like they're interesting, but they're not. It's like bonus stuff. Um, and then I have the, the Thailand guide, the single man's Thailand guide or the, the single man's guide to Thailand, the single man's guide to Japan. I also have my travel toolkit. 
which yeah. is uh, the it's like do you want to travel long term what's what you need to know it's kind of like you were asking about travel tips it's just a giant multi-hour course on if you're wanting to do extended travel like what would you need to know sure about sim card mm-hmm. visas visa extension all kinds of hacks you know how to avoid atm fees stuff like that and um youtube revenue is not a lot i mean it's usually like a thousand bucks a month maybe 15 max um you know but uh, nice to have some extra here and there yeah yeah it's it's super cool yeah um, yeah before before we end the podcast i did want to quickly that reminds me i wanted to ask you about that so when youtube like kind of changed their policies and they added all these algorithms and shit like that did that impact your like your revenue stream yeah, yeah. so so when i talk about my youtube channel i don't none of my considerations for what i do has anything to do with ad revenue because I don't make like the amount of money I make from ad revenue is so inconsistent and so small. And so it's, I don't even, I don't even pay attention to it. Like occasionally I'll get a deposit and I'm like, Oh, nice. But I don't even pay. So to me, what really matters is does YouTube promote my video or not? So when you open up YouTube on your app, the first videos that show up, that's called your, your recommended feed, right? right? But that that's showing you videos of people that you didn't subscribe to or people you did. And what YouTube does is says, hey, here's a video. How much watch time does this video get? If the watch time is high, this video is probably a good video. So let's show it to more people. So, you know, my, my YouTube channel has like 160,000 subscribers. But if you look at my view counts, it's not uncommon for me to get a million views, half a million views, quarter million views. So who are those people? 80% of my views are not from my subscribers. They're from people who aren't subscribed. Sure. Which means mm-hmm. that it's YouTube is taking my video and says, hey, this is good. Let's show it to other people who might like David. Now, YouTube will punish you if it's age restricted, if it's demonetized, uh, if it has music in it, right? So if it's a green light video, then it's good. So in reality, when I'm making a video, what I'm really trying to do is to get YouTube to say, hey, this is cool, show it to people, okay? So now my channel is is a very suggestive channel. There's a lot of hot boobies and sexy ladies and all that stuff, right? And I also make a lot of politically incorrect jokes. I'm constantly making Indian accents. I'm ripping on Islam left and right. I'm saying, I'm talking, I, I, had, a, I had a video that I call it hunting Mexicans where me and my friend, I pretend to shoot him as he crosses the border. Like I, I really push it all the way. Right now, when I'm making these videos, I'm not thinking ad revenue. What I'm thinking is, okay, is this video going to get shot down by the algorithm? So let's say for example, that I have an attractive girl in the video. Well, YouTube knows the context. So if there's an attractive girl, let's say in a bikini, well, if, if, if it's in the context of swimming, YouTube will allow you to do it. But now let's say you're in a room and there's a bed. YouTube knows that that is not a context where a bikini is, doesn't make any sense. So you'll, boom, you'll get a, you'll get a strike big time. Right. Case, case in point. I had a video uh, once where it was a, a girl I was seeing and I was playing Doom. I was playing Doom and I had the GoPro on my head and she climbs on my lap and like she's on me and it's like, 
it's funny and I want to play Doom, but she doesn't want to play Doom. She wants to play something else. And it's like this funny <laughs> video. And I got a strike for that, okay? A fully clothed person who's on my lap, okay? Right? Fully clothed, no nothing. I got a strike. It said community guidelines violation, sexually suggested content. The reason is YouTube's computer could detect that the fact that like it, it, it knew that this is like an attractive girl and her body has certain shapes. Now contrast that with videos like where I'm like in Thailand islands where like the girl is in the bikini, which is like a quarter of the clothing that the previous girl was in. Yeah. But because there's fish and because the title says swimming, YouTube knows, oh, this is okay. So you can get away with a lot more if you frame it in the right context. For example, YouTube doesn't know what side boob is. Mm -hmm. So if you do side boob, it's good. But if you use front, it's bad. Like little things like that. So I still, you know, I still try to keep it interesting and I try to keep it fun, but I know how to fuck with YouTube so it doesn't punish me, right? right? Another thing is I have my, my, my videos paced in a way so that it's edited basically the goal of my videos is I want you to be able to watch it. And you know, when you're watching a video and you start skipping, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, you you see the thumbnail and you're like, okay, I just want to go to that part. Right. I try to make it where the first part is the part that you would skip to. So you don't skip. And I try to make it where the edits are fast enough where you're not bored, where you, yeah, you it keeps you engaged. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not just then, skipping. Then your watch time. Yeah. So there's some videos where I don't care. Like, I don't care if it gets promoted, but there's other videos where I'm like, this video I'm going to edit to perfection. And I gotta be honest, I'm pretty good at that. Like almost every video that has over half a million, I, I crafted to do that. I'm like, okay, you know, basically I watch my video. The second I'm bored, I cut it and I skip to something interesting. Sure. So it's like, I, I basically edit my videos for horny little kids with no attention spans, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so like, if you like, if you live in Alabama and you hate your life and you're have no attention span and you're horny, watch David Bond because it's for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so the, the good thing is the watch time goes up, I get promoted and then it's just like explosion, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, you have multiple but, videos that are over like, you know, a couple million views, right? So you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but like, you know, come for free. Yeah, and and but as far as like the YouTube, I have cut out a lot. I deleted like fifty plus videos, where essentially, uh, it has to be. Uh, YouTube cracked down hard. Like, there's channels that actually got deleted without notice. Like, no right. strike, no nothing. They just poof gone. Right. No appeal, nothing. So, any anything that advocates or teaches anything remotely illegal you can't do it so if i say something like for example i know a guy who he he got a channel his entire channel deleted because he did a video about prostitution and he talked about where to go he, he was like yeah over here is this and then boom gone deleted right also if you know teaching anything about guns anything with guns right now is like not not good mm -hmm. um so you know I have to anything like I have to like I scan through my stuff 
And anything like that is, uh, yeah, you gotta, I, I just deleted it. Like I, I had videos that had millions of views that I deleted because I'm like, it's not, it's not worth it. I don't want to lose my whole channel. Yeah. Wasn't, so. wasn't there a, there was an entire, like, it was a historical, uh, like they, they basically documented historical battles throughout history or whatever, like, you know, from different, like world war one, world war two, all that stuff. But they were based on like, they were heavily based on the weapons used during that time. It was a really educational channel, but because it featured guns, their entire channel got banned. But yes. but it was but it was purely educational, and but but people reported them because it's like oh guns, and then like the whole channel got banned, and like it it was yeah it, it's totally I I don't really understand what's going on, but um yeah it's these stories are piling up. People just getting there. And so it's at a point where it's like, I like there's so many cool things that I'd love to show or like, you know, controversial things. I, I know a guy, he got a strike on his channel because he filmed a cockroach that was dead. And it said like, you're, uh, you know, glorifying violence against animals or something. Right. It's like, what? I'm filming a dead, a, a bug? Like, so, I mean, geez Louise. Here's the thing though, is you can get away with, you can also get away with a lot more. For example, there's there's a whole niche of YouTube videos for breastfeeding because it's natural and YouTube's like, oh yeah. And so there's all these videos, fucking titties out and shit. <laughs> also, if you're black and you are in Africa, then you could be basically butt naked because YouTube is like, well, you're not a human being if you're black and in Africa. That's educational all of a sudden. But the moment that you're someone who's not that, it's nudity. Like I have a video that's age restricted, age restricted, meaning that you have to be 18 or older. It's so literally, watch it, yeah. it's me literally talking to somebody. It, that's the video. I'm like, Hey, you're cute. Ha 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 ha. Talking to a fully clothed person. Oh, someone subscribed. Yay. Give Paul money. Yay. <laughs> what? Who's Paul? Paul. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> talking to a girl it's age restricted it's like i'm confused so like because we know we're talking leads david we know no, where it's, this it's is because we're, it's because we're figure it, don't don't laugh but it's digital body shaming if your body's too hot you can't you got to be age restricted if you're if you're a fat mom then you can i can talk to fat moms but at the moment that they're thin it's like this is inappropriate you know yeah mm-hmm it's why so many content creators go to other places like Patreon or doing their own websites for most of their funding now. Yeah, I pretty much use YouTube for advertising. And even my, you know, everybody here who's familiar with the podcast, you guys know who Frosty is. He's my editor. He kind of like manages all my media and stuff. And when we first started posting on YouTube, like we'd have to upload the same video like three or four times because it kept getting like automatically just like oh no you can't do that oh no this is copyright oh no this is offensive and we like we'd have to keep editing the videos multiple times until it was like appropriate i've tested this if i have i can have a title like uh if i say cute girl instantly demonetized if i say nice girl it's okay if i say like there's certain combos you can't say cute girl you can say cute boy you can't say cute girl or you can't say pretty girl, anything like that, you know, cause YouTube, to be fair, they don't want, they don't want YouTube to turn into some sleazy thing. I, I totally understand it's not a sure. but th- there's mm-hmm. certain combos that are like, really? Like that's why some of my titles are really creative. Like, um, uh, 
for example, I have this video where uh, we go to an, we go to like a, a market, we go to a floating market, and there's a scene where she uh, picks up a wooden black dick, right? <laughs> and so I, I said, Thai girl plays with big black Bangkok. <laughs> because Bangkok is a city, so YouTube doesn't think it's bad, but your brain is like, haha, funny, you know what I mean? Right. And yeah, half a million, it's all about tricking it, you know, like, or, um, you know, using in the innu- innuendo like all the time. Right. Like, you know, like, uh, you gotta skirt it just enough that it, like, you know, Thai girl gets wet, touches my banana, something stupid, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like the words don't mean you know yeah unless you're unless productive. you're a human you don't under, really really understand it yeah. yeah 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 that's crazy it's crazy how many loops you have to jump through to trick a an artificial intelligence <laughs> mm-hmm. dude uh, like we're we're approaching three hours really wow. yeah i know it flies by when we're having good conversation this happens every really week does. where we're like holy shit it's three it's almost nine o'clock but uh, sorry about the little crash there. It looks like we lost a few viewers. They got fed up with us. Uh, <laughs> I was I was down yeah, for like yeah. maybe two or three minutes, and it just that happens. But uh, we got we got the the topic got too spicy, and we got shut down by the uh, yeah yeah the joke police came. The joke police <laughs> came and shut us down. Um, thank like you. Three, three white men defending freedom of speech. Bam! It's like, <laughs> that is definitely not allowed on our, yeah, the fun- on our The funny thing is, is James is actually Hispanic. He's That's just, true. he's the whitest Hispanic person you'll ever meet. And self-proclaimed. I'm not uh, making a racist just, statement, uh, but. <laughs> yeah. I have said that Well, if times. you look white, but you're not, see, like, you can just, like, you know, be white all the time. And then the moment it's convenient not to be white, be like, actually, I'm a person of color as in a minority. Let me give you my opinion. See, you're joking about it. I pull that. So many ah, times. he's conveniently white. Like I have, I have a bunch of fake Facebook accounts that I created a long time ago for, you know, fucking with people and stuff. But now for fun, what I like to do is I have like different Facebook accounts with like different identities. Like there's like, I have a hijab girl and like a black man and all that stuff. So what I'll do is if I get into political like conversations, if they start to like say like, Oh, your opinion is less because you're a white guy. I'll like jump onto my like black guy account and be like, actually (laughs) (laughs) you're like debating yourself. (laughs) No, no. Like I'll like jump in and defend Uh, my, like I'll like pretend to be, yeah. Because it's like, it's like, God damn it. I just want to talk about an issue. Like, like, but in your mind, you have like this hierarchy of opinion value system based on what group you're a part of. It's like, look, I could, I could just like, I could tell you why that's stupid, or I could just play your game, and I could just like change my mask and like, okay, fine, I can only talk about this if I'm this person. Okay, la la la, here we go. And then they can't. They're like, oh well, what? Uh, why do you think that? You're this group that I think is shouldn't think this way. You know, triggered, mm-hmm. triggered. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, David Bond. We've been trying, like, I've been talking to him for a couple months about being on the podcast because out of the country and it just never lined up. So I'm glad we were able to make this finally happen. Uh, David Bond, now is your chance. Anything you want to plug, any URLs, any, like, you know, YouTube channel, whatever, any final statements, anything you want to say or plug, now's your chance. Uh,. No, I mean, I guess if you guys want to check out my stuff, just go to, you know, type David Bond on YouTube and 
I mean, uh, that's that's it. I mean, so just, where can they find your guides? What's the URL? Isn't it like davidbondvideos.com or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, the sites are a complement to the channel, so it's better to start at the channel. But, uh, you know, David Bond videos. But it, it's like you want to watch the YouTube videos first to, like, talk about to, – to for them to be relevant. You know what I mean? It's kind of like my analogy is, like, do you, you know, there's the Seinfeld show and then there's like these Seinfeld extras bonus interviews. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the interviews only are interesting if you watch the show first, kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes but, absolute sense. So I yeah, got to watch um, all of your videos before <laughs> I pay for the for the tips. Gotcha. No, no, the, the guides you can get on their own. But yeah, just, just David Bond on YouTube and there's links all over the place, just like every other YouTube person. Right. It's, it's hard not to find. Cool. But uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. And this uh, this podcast, as usual, will go up like usually around Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, this will go up on my channel on YouTube and you can find it at hitthebucket.com. You can search for Hit the Bucket on, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. It's on all the, you know, podcast platforms. James, any uh, final words or questions or anything you want to throw out there? No, we're good. Covered everything. That this this has been awesome, David. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like you you've provided a lot of really great like just insight into what you do and and uh I, I think you know a lot of your uh, obviously a lot of your fans showed up and had some things to say and some questions to ask and hopefully we were able to ex- shine a light on David Bond and who he is and where he comes from and uh we'll be back next week well maybe we may or may not have a podcast next week it's it's thanksgiving week so that is true i'll keep you guys posted if you're following the discord and uh i think uh to end the show we're gonna go and raid my good buddy uh the mj lance he he's an awesome dude he's super entertaining he's a member of team dlc so we'll we'll drop a raid on him uh, David Bond, if you want to stick around for a minute in the Zoom channel after I end the uh, the podcast, we yeah, usually, yeah, of course. We usually yeah, do a couple just pictures and promotional like things for Frosty to use for the thumbnails and whatnot. So uh, well, let's cool, do great. let's do a little raid on MJ Lance here. If you guys want to join, go say hi to him, and I uh, hope you guys have a good night. And thank you. Ooh.